Welcome to another exciting episode of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavisions Magazine. I am Chris, the editor of Megavisions, and joining me this week is Sketchcraft. I am Robert Paulton. And my buddy Scotty. How's it going? Uh, great, because I saw the new Avatar 2 trailer. Did you guys see that? No. Oh, I'm sorry. We do sorry. not talk shit about James Cameron. I meant, uh, I meant the uh, new, what is it, Big Fat Liar, where they make the dude blue in the end, and it's pretty great. Ha ha. Just kidding. I'm talking about Aladdin. <laughs> I still have and not watched Everybody's freaking out because Will Smith is blue. Not that, it's not that big of a deal. I don't know, I man. I don't know why anyone's surprised. It's yeah, I don't, I don't I don't even know what to say about that. But, but I, uh, in in lighter Will Smith news that threw me into a rabbit hole because I checked out Will Smith's YouTube channel and it reminded me that Bad Boys Three is coming out, so I'm still happy about that. All I know, man, is if James Cameron was making Aladdin, he wouldn't look like pre-Avatar CGI. Like the keyframing on his face is un- it's all hand animated. It 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 almost looks like Hulk two thousand three. <laughs> like I don't think you guys are aware of like how much key like so all of Gollum was keyframe animation back in the day, but they spent a tremendous amount of time on it, you know, because proving whatever. Uh, but when they figured out the facial mocap on Avatar, that solved a hundred problems with the creepy weird faces. Mm-hmm. And now we're back to the creepy weird faces. I mean, like. I, I look. I, I have friends that are working on that film, and they're like, "I don't want to talk about it." <laughs> oh, I'm like, "Come on, you got to tell me what the movie there." I don't want to. No, no comment. I'm like, "Son of a bitch." So, it's keyframe, man, and it is is not good. It's the face is floating. It's floating faces. Mm, yeah, it it looked awkward, but um, hopefully they can pull that together. I don't know. Um, I do want to say something really quickly, though. Um, so we've officially, you know, like uh, like the last couple of weeks, uh, f- finished mailing out all of the uh, the issues of the magazine. One of the things that um, not we didn't really run into any problems or anything, but we just we didn't correctly anticipate how much the international shipping was going to be for some of the issues. Um, so those, those got a little bit more expensive than what we anticipated. Um, but I will say this, I think it's so awesome where some of our Patreon Patreon subscribers are coming from. I mean, it's, they're literally all over the world. Like I was shipping issues from, you know, all the way to like Israel, New Zealand, Brazil, like Norway, like all over the place. And I just think that's so awesome that there are Sega fans, like, literally all over the world like that that is just super super cool uh so i really appreciate like everyone out there who's subscribing to the magazine helping to support the magazine all that so shout out to you guys out there that are you know supporting us thank you so much and we really appreciate that so i think that's really cool there was oh Oh, i'll I'll go third you go uh everyone wants to be big in america that's like the big thing i've always wanted to be big internationally like I, I <laughs> like um, unfortunately a lot of american uh uh gamers are, are really they have no sense of of history <laughs> so i've always been i want to be big in uh other countries that i can get paid to go and do signatures so you keep footing that bill 
for the shipping. And oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> so right? Fun. No Disneyland trip this year for Chris. Nope. <laughs> Hmm. The pal kids aren't uh, aren't aren't getting that summer vacation because we're shipping magazines out to like Norway and awesome Belgium. The pal it's good. Kid. I didn't want to go to Disney World anyway. Yeah, fuck them. Well, not this year. <laughs> it's going to be too busy with the Star Wars. Next year will be good though. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, so let's get into uh, what we've been up to this week, Rob. I know you've been super busy because I've been. Se- following you on social media you've been posting up lots of early work on the magazine so why don't you tell us a little bit about that well it's taking longer than it should as always um (laughs) doesn't matter how many times i make these things or how efficient i get you always so like uh this issue the big thing for me was just solidifying sections so we have a modern review section and a retro review section and so the last two issues i just made layouts and got those things done with this issue it was to push the two sections into their own feel so uh one with the modern leans a little bit more cleaner with big giant screens um and the other one the retro is going to lean more more like a retro magazine where it had like tons of little screens um so it's not the ton of little screens that eats up the time it's just getting all the color from those retro games to blend into a coherent color scheme. And then the opposite side with the modern version, when you put six screens together and you want to pull color into it, um, you got to go, which colors from those six screens tie this game together. And so then you're like, what defines this game over six screens? And being that we don't rely, and I specifically don't rely on PR stock PR assets because mm-hmm. um, then, you know, what's the point? You know, you got to go through the, the the screens that we pull from our own gameplay and whatever, and then say, okay, you know, you drop them in, and then you got to I got to stare at it and go, okay, that's I need the purple and an orange. I think it'll be purple orange, and then you just got to build it. So um, it's getting done, and I think over another issue or two, I'll be able to get a whole issue built in about two to three weeks, as opposed to. You know, this is probably going to run me a little over the month um, for the graphic design just because the retro section is a little bit more trickier. But that's only because I ate up a week or two building the templates. You know, like had I already had those templates and and I'm very happy with the way it's looking now, like the direction it's going. So um, I just I can't stress enough, folks, that having worked on game magazines like Play and then Game Fan 2010 and growing up gaming magazines. I just I'm trying to find a way to blend that sim that minimalistic feel of like play with the super retro feel of old '90s game fan magazines, um, and then strategy guide stuff in between, and then also put my own stamp on it. and And um, there's there's zero thing to look at for this. Like I just know that when people get this, I want it to feel more like more like an art book, you know, like more like uh, Scotty said, it kind of looked like a strategy guide, but back in the day there was two kinds of strategy guys for me the primas right the brady games and then versus right versus and millennium press and like every now and then you get one of those versus strategy guys and you're like damn they put a lot of love and care into this you know unfortunately i know they all went out of business because they put too much love and care so it's a matter of trying to find a way to keep us from (laughs) you know you don't want to fall so in love with the process that you'd never make a nothing right so don't want to become tips and tricks they tried to find a middle ground there 
Yeah, but I mean, that's mostly word-based. So I think, you know, the, like, again, the, 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 the special thing for me is, you guys remember Nintendo Power back in the day? They used to have, like, issues, and then all of a sudden, one month, they didn't deliver an issue. They just delivered a Mario Brothers strategy guide or a Ninja Gaiden strategy guide. Yeah, like, it was There was weird. a specialness to that. Yeah, it was weird, but it was cool because it was, like, a specialness to that. So that's, like, the feeling that I'm trying. There was a specialness. And so, like, how do you in- shove special into your, <laughs> into your publication, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, you got to constantly keep that thought and that feeling going so i'm constantly surrounded by old shit i love now i'm old magazines and and stuff just so i'm can not that i'm using that to put in but that you're trying to capture that emotion and shove it into the fucking magazine if that, if that makes any sense can we change our motto to we shove specialness into our publication <laughs> so you know it's it's going well it's just like anything else it's just developing you know, our, our foot forward. And, and I think so far, you know, if you show anyone what we got, uh, no one else has it for now, you know, <laughs> until, until people they rip us off. Yep. Yep. That's when we know we've made it. That is, that's true. When someone copies you or uh, threatens your life, that's when you know you've made it. I had my first Kickstarter torrented. I didn't do it. So nice. I made it right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember um, that was like a big thing that uh, Retro Magazine was doing back in the day. Like they were trying to figure out a way where they could um, track like all the PDFs that they released. And so that if they found out that people were like pirating them or sharing them illegally, they could find out who was doing it. And that always just seemed like a, a foolish like thing to me. Like, you know, people if people are going to share it, they're going to share it. Like, what are you really going to, you're not going to stop that. And in a way, like it's, if it's digital, like let them share it because that could just mean more people are going to come wanting to get your physical magazine to me. So that was always just kind of a weird thing that I, I kind of went through with, with those guys back in the day. Well, I still think, you know, like you and I are in agreement on that, but I still think trying to find, so a way to monetize, right? So like, my, you know, I had a friend who, who, who worked on that publication, who, who does other graphic design work. And he hit me up to do some graphic design work. Cause he loves the look of the magazine, right? What we have now. And everything he handed me is like modern stuff. And I'm like, you know, he was like, well, just do whatever you would do for this. And let's give an example. Like say it was, you know, for soda. And I'm like, but I would just draw little stupid soda cans, like getting into a fight and like, you know, like, I mean, perhaps I'm only good at making this one thing, you know, <laughs> I don't, like I have a lot of ground in terms of covering my, my art. I can flip styles and do different things. But when it comes to this graphic design, I think I can only make a game magazine like that's in a retro one. Like I'm not good for anything else, you know, <laughs> like, so sorry, you know. The question is, is there's no money in it. So how, how can you be really good at something, but there's no money, right? Like, you're like, how? I mean, with the Patreon is, is the way, but you guys know what I mean. I mean, it used to be $150,000 ad campaigns. And now mm-hmm. you're like, we're hoping we get 700 people, you know? Ugh. Right? It's crazy that it, it's it's come to that. But um, I blame I, the internet. It's a, Yeah, it's 100%. You know, the internet is, is has been one of the biggest driving forces, you know, to, to to the downfall of magazines. But I think there's also that magazines don't need to be as 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 big as they 
were in the past and have so much like overhead and everything and have these gigantic staffs like i mean we're showing that we can run a very streamlined operation and do it at a fraction of the cost but you know and it's rob's you know talent that's driving a lot of the everything from the visual side of things but i think our magazine looks pretty damn good you know especially putting it up you know to some of the other magazines out on the market right now I think something with it too is we're not trying to like sell Sega to people. We're we're not trying to say like this is the definitive Sega experience, but this is, you know, a combination of the collecting community and just the Sega community and just like retro and having fun and remembering how cool it was uh to have all that stuff in one package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, like if you're just a fan of older magazines, you could just pick it up and go, "Man, this reminds me of what I, you know, what I used to grow up with." Except, except it, it really isn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's not right. like, not like I'm like taking those exact layouts and going, "Wow, let's let's add more drop shadows and throw every." <laughs> it's some of the art design. You know, you look back in the day, and and I, and, I, and it comes from having done, you know, like a thousand different games already. Like I've done it so many layouts that you get to the point where it's like, I guess I have definitive opinions on what, on what to do. But I mean, you know, it'd be awesome guys. If at some point we could just get some cross promotional thing where it's like, let's say they put out a Sega mania and then they got a free download code to our Sega mania special. Or it was like, all we did was cover every Sonic game in one issue for 64 pages, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and just being able to get those download codes to people or even something, you know, with some that way you could get you could reach people who just some people won't try shit man until you shove it into their friggin' hands you know what mm-hmm. i mean like they won't i don't know it's like remember that scene in they live where you got to put on the glasses yes <laughs> you know? oh okay. it, was a whole fight gonna... scene. it was one of the best fight scenes ever in cinematic history or when you really like a netflix show or an anime and you're trying to get someone to watch it they won't do it they won't do it they won't do it and then finally three years later they watch it and I'm like this is amazing like you bastard i was gonna lean towards uh so what you're saying is we need to uh include a demo disc with every issue but then you mentioned they live so i'm like so we need to include a pair of glasses with every issue yeah we can we can make cds man where it's just the pages and cds and then it's in 3d so they gotta put on the glasses and then everyone will vomit Um. (laughs) (laughs) this all sounds good yeah no vomit no success Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm You know, if we yeah. had real FU money, we could just send the whole magazine out on VMU. You know, like, like, like 8-bit Megavisions or 4-bit, right? It wasn't VMU. It was like 2-bit. I don't think, yeah, it wasn't a full 8-bit, no. Yeah. That sounds good to me. All the bits. So, um, what, uh, have you been playing anything this week? I know, I, I, can, I could probably guess one game that you've been playing. Dragon Quest Eleven. <laughs> I know, right? Not as much this week. I'm 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 in the middle of uh uh oh I'm kind of exploring the map because I got the boat finally. So I went to some areas I shouldn't. There's like this like cool casino town um that I went to. So I'm kind of goofing around right now. I'll get back to the storyline uh in about a week or so. But it's super fun. Except well, we're gonna talk about that later. So there is some Dragon Quest eleven news that's making me think I might I might just put a pin in it. You know, till later this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, I have I, thoughts on that too. But I also, since I'm laying out Bloodstain for Curse of the Moon for the magazine, I decided to just make a run through Castlevania Bloodlines. 
Nice. The uh, the Castlevania game for the Genesis. And you know, I'm I'm always amazed. Like some things I I haven't played in a few years, but you know, you pick up a game, you start noticing things every time you play it. This time, for whatever reason, I noticed like the color palettes on Bloodstained. The backgrounds are totally NES. Like, like just a little bit hyper NES in terms of the color palette and design. But the characters are completely Genesis 16-bit style. Like, they have extra layers of depth and color. But And I was like, because I'd forgotten what year it came out. It definitely came out around 94, 95. So it wasn't an earlier Genesis game. But I, I, I am interested in that, how the, the, the color palettes on the backgrounds were simpler on that game. But the characters definitely popped out. And the characters are huge in that game. And I do like the character design sprites on that. On Bloodlines better than say Super Castlevania 4. Um, even to this day, I think it, it looks better. The only downside is, you know, guys, again, if I had some FU money, I would make a, a Castlevania Bloodlines mod. All we had to do is add in story cutscenes, like Ninja Gaiden style. Because there's the story that has this cool opening with Elizabeth Berkeley going across the continent of Europe and gathering up all these monsters, and then you never get any of the brothers' storyline during the game or even at the end. So like it would be great to have those Ninja Gaiden style cutscenes that kind of like expand the story of the, of that game. Yeah, I remember how much I loved those cutscenes growing up. Like I I thought that that just was so cool. Like there was I, I there was nothing that I'd seen that that kind of told the story in that way before. It was it was amazing. So I wish more games would have done that. And I, I absolutely agree, Castlevania is a series that that really could have used something like that to just help kind of propel the storyline. Yeah, and Bloodline still holds up. It's super fun. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Scotty, what have you been up to, man? Uh, I finished Detroit Become Human. Mm. Um, yeah. Have you guys ever indulged in any David Cage games like Heavy Rain or Indigo Prophecy or... Even um oh shit I forget what the David Bowie one was Omicron on, yes Omicron the Nomad Soul I've mm-hmm. played almost all of the David Cage games except uh like Fahrenheit I gotcha. I, I played it a little bit but I didn't complete it so I'm not yeah going to completely count it um I also didn't complete Omicron because that game is just batshit crazy but um I have um, played many of his games and I absolutely love them yeah yeah I enjoyed I got uh i learned of him through heavy rain and then played beyond two souls and then i i do have his other two earlier games haven't played them yet so i had an inkling of what was going to happen in detroit become human but oh man it is like some of the most missed beats i've ever experienced in a video game maybe in media um i don't know do we care about spoilers at all for this crap of a game (laughs) Is it that? I mean, it came out last year. Are we too concerned about that? If you don't want to hear spoilers about this, skip ahead like three minutes. Yeah. Okay. So the androids. Okay. So the whole thing, if, if no one has any idea what it is, um, it is a game about androids in the distant, semi-distant future. I don't even know. People have made androids to basically run their errands, do whatever. It's essentially slavery all over again to the point that the androids can only sit on the back of the bus. The androids are... Uh, are called plastics and other things. Uh, at one point, they're all sent to these camps to be killed, and they talk about the camps a thousand times. Um, you play as three different androids throughout the whole thing. Um, it's so fucking 
bad how it just misses the mark and does not deliver on any of this stuff because the whole thing is about androids fighting back and you know earning their freedom becoming becoming uh equals to humans and everything and it's just like the game looks amazing it's it's the best like visuals ever ever seen in a game and that's what his games are known for um uh Quantic Dreams games are known for is just mm-hmm. how great they look, and it is just like you're watching a movie, and um, and that's all wonderful. Uh, but it's just like fuck. There are just some parts I can't even like describe it adequately. But just the the end of it is just there's this standoff, so to speak, and basically the military and the police and everyone's lining up to um, kill all these androids, and just they'll forever be dead, and they're the worst thing to ever happen to the human race. But what turns the tide is the first android to like rebel starts. Well, you, you have a couple of choices. You can either pick to kiss your now android you're in love with. You can sacrifice yourself or you can sing a song. And I was playing this with my girlfriend. She was controlling this part. I was like, hit song, sing a song, sing a song. This is going to be so (laughs) stupid. This is going to be so dumb. Please hit song. And she did. And he just breaks into this whatever, and there's just a choir of idiots. Do you want and to build then, a What's that? Do you want to build a snowman? Is what he yeah, it's it, <laughs> what would have made more sense. Um, and he finishes the song, and then it cuts to the president of the United States who makes a phone call and then says, like, it just says on the screen, like, public opinion, positive. Uh, androids are okay, androids will not die, something like that. It's like she made a call and just flipped the slavery switch to off. And that was it in the credits roll. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was as if like, there was just no epilogue or like David Cage ran out of green screens or something that he couldn't even show the androids eating cake. It was, oh man. It was just like, if the series Roots ended and just then the planet blew up like there was no no slaves ever became free or anything like that it was so so bad and it wouldn't have been as painful if it was not so heavy-handed throughout the entire thing from Mm -hmm. all the slander to how poorly they're treated to how they're monsters like visually and and symbolically and everything it oh god damn it that's what i think has made the blade runner series like so amazing for so long i mean aside from all the visual you know um, amazingness of of it and everything else with uh, cinematography the music it's so good but aside from that it's just the the way it deals with like the subject matter of like what is human Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like and you know like they they feel emotion, you know, they you know, they are, you know, feel anger, hatred, all these different things that, you know, like humans feel. And so, like, if is that not enough to to be considered human? Um, and it seems like this game was trying to kind of go down that path. So it's disappointing to see that it didn't, you know, really achieve what it set out to do. Yeah, I don't all it said was like we really know that slavery and racism exists and and that's it. <laughs> we know it's there, but that's all we got. Yeah, uh, it sucks. Yeah, it's not like I got it at a bargain price so I was okay with that. Um Heavy Rain I had day 1, Beyond Two Souls I had day 1. I enjoyed those games, I had fun with those games, played them both a couple times through. I don't think I'll go back to this one ever, but mm. um it's uh it's something. 
Um, if anything, on the positive side, it introduced my girlfriend to adventure games like that. So she wants to try other stuff that's like that, like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. Yeah, I think um, they, didn't they um, remaster Heavy Rain? Uh, they did. Yeah, that and Beyond were both put on the PS4. Um, those with, are worth, I think, worth going back to. It's, it's, if she likes those type of games, I think she might. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. And I do remember in the Beyond re-release, they did, um, you could play it in consecutive order, like, or uh, what's it called? Like how, how the timeline of that story kind of jumps around. There is a mode where you can actually play it through the timeline from beginning to end rather than jumping around the different times of the girl's life, um, which sound intriguing to me. Um, but I mean, more uh, other than that, uh, more Marvel Spider-Man and I streamed Saturn Bomberman, which is always great. And I could just play only that game for the rest of my life and be happy because Saturn Bomberman is such a good time. So but uh, that's pretty much been me. See, what I think you're all missing out on here is David Cage's Bomberman, where what does it mean no. to be a robot who <laughs> no. drops bombs? Or what does it mean to be a Bomberman? Or, you know, the what is life? Like, just really overdo it. No. You know, <laughs> the construction of the bomb and the explosion is like the kinetic sparks in the mind of Bomberman. You know, just... <laughs> Are you telling me that he made Bomberman Axe Zero? Because that sounds about like what you're describing. <laughs> Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want his grubby hands on that series at all. No, there. Um, speaking of uh, an old series, come back to life though is uh, I started getting back into Star Trek Discovery. Have you guys watched that at all? Nope. It's so it's like the new Star Trek series that came out like last year. Um, but for whatever reason, CBS and their infinite wisdom, um, have it like restricted to their streaming app. So you can't, well, it's not, it doesn't come on regular network CBS. Like you have to have like the CBS all access, uh, you know, uh, app to be able to watch it. So it costs you like six to 10 bucks a month, depending on what plan you get. Um, but anyway, like, uh, so we, right when that came out, we watched like the first few episodes and I thought it was okay. Um, I started actually got more into the Orville, which is Seth MacFarlane's like, um, but then I saw that season two of discovery had come out like in the past few months. So I was like, man, I need, I want to get into that again. And Holy crap. Like after like a couple episodes of where I left off and like through season one, it just started crazy. And the season finale of one, like literally sent chills down my spine. And it's been a while since I got that excited about a TV show. Uh, and I immediately had to like jump right into season two. It was so good. Um, I was I was really, really excited about it. Um, and so I, if you guys haven't watched it yet, I definitely suggest you go in and and check it out. It's it's really good. Hey Chris, do you know who uh, Robert Meyer Burnett is? Uh, no. So he did a lot of the DVD production, documentary production on, say, like Lord of the Rings, uh, Superman Returns, and he also oversaw all the documentary features for this Next Generation Star Trek re-release Blu-ray. You know, the, all these years. And so he does his own podcast called uh, Observations, and he's super anti Star Trek Discovery. 
which by the way folks you can watch it on netflix if you have a vpn you just log into your, the uk account and you can watch mm. uh, star trek discovery from netflix there uh so you don't have to pay double but he's super anti you know discovery for a lot of reasons he's old school track guy but he did make a good comment the other day on his podcast where he was saying that someone had asked him why don't the people from star trek discovery hire a science advisor given that the best they can come up with is mushroom spore connection throughout the universe whatever and he was saying that funny thing is is next generation had hired a science advisor which look he gets it it's still a tv show so you know the science gets you only so far but you do try to lean towards what is plausible this and that but he said that the orville hired the same guy from the next generations the mm-hmm. science advisor so like it's definitely that show leans more into the next generation you know and it's kind of weird how like how is it modern star trek can't seem to get it but you know other people who were fans of that thing seem to seem to get it you know right yeah i think the one thing that i i do like about discovery is that it kind of um it toes like the line between where the, the Star Trek movies were more action oriented, I think, compared to like what the TV show was like, where it's much more like science and exploration. And it was it was much more episodic and and there wasn't so much focus like just on action and being over the top and things like that, like big set pieces, all that stuff where the show Discovery like goes down the middle. Like so you kind of get a little bit of both like uh it was kind of neat, like midway through season one, they start toying with like alternate timelines and multiverses and all this other kind of stuff, which isn't entirely original, you know, like, I mean, comic books have been doing this for like decades now, but it was kind of interesting. And it brought up a lot of really cool possibilities and characters that you thought were gone from the show, come back again and get crossed over from different timelines. And it's, it's really kind of crazy. Um, I get what you're saying about, you know, like there's not a lot of strong like scientific theory and other things like that, but it's fun, you know, and uh, the Klingons are back again and they're super badass. There's some really cool character development with certain certain characters in the show um, that you don't really expect to happen. And I love the Orville too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I really enjoy the Orville. The Orville feels much more like a traditional Star Trek show um, than discovery. But I think if you just give discovery a chance, I think there's a lot to appreciate and, and enjoy. And so I think both the Orville and discovery can exist together, like simultaneously and they each give like Star Trek fans like something that they would both enjoy. And so um, like new and old Star Trek fans can can enjoy some of that stuff. So I, I've been really enjoying it. And I, but that's also, you know, coming from someone who absolutely loves the Orville as well. Cool. I've never super gotten into Star Trek, but it's it sounds like it's going in a good direction. Yeah, I'm a and- Deep Space Nine guy. Deep Space Nine. I I really am. I like the next generation, uh, but a lot of it really um, great actors. But like for me, uh, what am I going to say? It's it still had that 60s Star Trek where you could tell they're on a set. That's a little I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, like so. um, And 
I don't know. The tone of D Space Nine was so different for me that that I, I know people are like, look, hardcore Trekkies are like, uh, Deep Space Nine isn't Star Trek. I'm like, yes. So when someone tells me that Discovery isn't Star Trek, I'm like, well, then, you know, uh, that's probably just appealing to like when I was a younger and I love Deep Space Nine. Um, but that show never got a freaking resolution. So when they make this Picard series, I hope Avery Brooks shows up at some point because Deep Space Nine ended up with one hell of a cliffhanger that it's like, Really? You know, like, like they got to do something with it. Um, I don't know why. I, I haven't watched Discovery because I just don't want to subject myself to this or that right now. But I have seen some of it. And I got to ask you a question, Chris. Like, do the Klingons look like sea monkeys? Like, is that, did they change <laughs> the look of them again? Like, they like, look different for sure. But here's why? the thing. Like, I, the thing that I didn't like about like next generation and the, the older Star Trek is that every character or every race just looked like humans, just with like a, a different slap of like paint and prosthetics on them. Like I, the Klingons definitely look different than what they did in previous Star Trek series. But I think that they, it, they look better. Like they look like a, a, an actual different like race and species of of humanoids whereas like the other ones just look like they have bad prosthetics because you know what i see when i see that chris i just see someone saying and every time they make these versions of the klingons the producers get money you know like (laughs) i don't know i don't know maybe but um yeah i i get what you're saying um but they really go heavy in like the the Klingon like history and everything in this season. So if you're a fan of the Klingons, you'll definitely like it. So it's like set 10 years before the original star Trek. And so there's some, as you go into season two, like, so this is kind of common knowledge. This isn't a spoiler This they've been, you know, promoting this really heavily um, with the launch of season two. So Spock is in season two, a young Spock. So it's like 10 years before, you see him, um, you know, in uh, anything else like, and so there's a lot of really cool dynamics and, you know, like different characters that are interacting with him. Uh, it's, it's interesting. And so I would at least just say, if, if you get a, 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 if you come to a point in time where you're like, Hey, I, I run out of shows to watch I'm bored, you know, just channel surfing, looking around, Netflix on your VPN, you could do worse than, you know, like start watching Star Trek Discovery. Give it a chance. Is all I'm saying. You could do worse right on the, right on the DVD box set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's good. I think you might like it. Um, Speaking of which I have been playing a new game that I don't think any of you guys have heard about. And if you have stopped me, but this game's called Away Journey to the Unexpected. It's a it's a new game that I was just like I was bored. I was like scrolling through Twitter. Someone reshared it, and I was like, "Holy crap! This game looks really cool." It's basically like a first person shooter um, with like some roguelite elements in it. It looks it, it it's crazy, but it it looks like a nintendo slash like dragon quest game but it's all in first person and as i'm playing it like i feel it there's so much like nintendo-esque qualities about it and i'm i'm playing it it's very colorful 
very vibrant. It the world is just like kind of like whimsical. And I'm playing the game, and uh, my son comes in. And he's watching me play, and he's like, "This looks like a like a Zelda game almost." And I was like, "Yes, that's awesome. That's exactly that's such a good observation." Um, the characters, like the enemies, are just like really cute and kind of silly looking. Um, the idea is like you're this you're this character that uh, you live in this like wooded village, and there's this. Uh, construction company that's building like all these new like you know like different construction sites all around the the community and they're uh you know like encroaching on everyone's like land and property but there's this toxic sludge that gets put into like the water and everything and so it's deforming different characters and you find out that there's these actual like aliens that come down and are trying to take over the planet and so it's like up to you and different characters that you meet throughout your adventure to try to fight back against it. So it's, it's kind of like that age old, like, you know, this young boy against, you know, that has to save the world and everything. So um, it has a lot of that going for it, uh, but it's a really, really cute and fun game. It's, it's just a lot of fun and there's some really cool stuff going on there. Visually, it looks amazing. Um, I've been playing it. It, it just came out on like good old games and I think it should be coming out on steam here in the next week or so, but it's also coming to like everything else. Like it's coming to the PS4, the Xbox and the switch here um, pretty soon. So keep an eye out for it. Um, if you guys are in the mood for like something that's a little bit different and you want a first person shooter game away journey to the unexpected is uh, a pretty sweet looking game. You know, I've been tagging you and Megavisions on that for a year now on the Twitter, right? I think uh, I remember Rob mentioning it as one of his two-play games for this year, a couple episodes back. It might have been the Lost episode, I think. The Lost episode. Yes. Yeah, we have this podcast called the Megavisions Podcast, Chris. Like, <laughs> to be fair, out, though, I don't know. Rob, every couple you, tag, of you tag us in like eight games a day, so it's a little hard to keep up sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to interrupt all your time watching Star Trek Discovery. You know, like, hey, now, <laughs> show that's sort of good when you have nothing better to do. Gotcha. Like, <laughs> it's mixing that in the Orville and then no treat, no surrender. It's, it's a busy time. You know what I find interesting though about uh, Way? In, so it uses two D animated characters that you know um, they they call a billboard style where they always face you, right? And yes. back back in the day when Doom came out, or or remember Hexen. Mm-hmm. or dark forces cool that boy. was used yeah that was used because of technical limitations we just didn't have the poly count to do full 3d characters you know um till quake and then you know then we got those super sharp polygonal games for a long time right like they all look like origami now um or the deep space nine first person shooter game which was crazy um but i do think that that they they've taken that older tech and then animated 2d characters to now where you look at it, you're like i don't think it would work in 3d with 3d characters it would lose the charm if they mm-hmm. did the characters in 3d and it's so well done that i'm like man why isn't there more like why isn't like if you would play a zelda game that would look like that you know what i mean like and i could totally see nintendo saying well this is a different kind of first person game like I almost wish you could take that thing and do something a little bit more like a dark anime and make it like a full anime version of Samus, like Metroid 4, you know? Where instead of doing all the characters in 
in 3D that they're 2D, but they have that. Ah, there's just so many cross genre possibilities with that. It's made by these French developers, uh, and I bugged the shit out on Twitter for about a year. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I can't wait. What's coming up? They're like, so you know, it's not going to be you know for a while. I'm like, I don't care. It looks amazing, you know. So yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, guys. You should definitely if you like Monster Boy and Dragon Quest and first person. Mm-hmm stuff man that that away is journey journey to the unexpected is what it's called yes yeah Yeah. journey yeah away journey to the unexpected which isn't the the greatest name out there um they're definitely like the art style and a lot of the characters take i think like take heavy inspiration from dragon dragon quest like there's a you can you can see a lot of it there but um it's just so cute there's lots of cutesy in it and I I I definitely could see Nintendo like you know taking like looking at this and be like hey let's just let's do something like this and put our own spin on it. I don't know necessarily like what franchise they would could take. Like you said, like Metroid could be an awesome idea. Um, I it it really got me thinking like as I was playing it like what would a first person Zelda game be like and this could be something like that. Like, I, I mean, you add in all the, the, the things that make Zelda so unique and you bring it into a world like this. And I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to remake any Zelda game, we'll get to that later uh, about the announcements, but if they did remake Zelda too, link <laughs> links adventure, mm. this is how I would do it. Like <laughs> it yeah. would be totally different, you know? And it, I think it would work too with the way the Zelda Two was structured with that map. How it was way more open with the towns and talking to people. Mm. So yeah, you guys go check it out, man. Super awesome. Yep, definitely. So yeah, check it out. It's uh, I think it's like on uh, GOG dot com right now for like fourteen ninety nine, and the game's not going to be expensive. It looks like it's going to be like seventeen bucks across most platforms. So uh, it's a budget title, and definitely check it out. So that's going to wrap up uh, what we've been up to this week. Let's get into the mail sack. Yes, here it comes. Oh, shit. Okay, great. So uh, first up, and these are all these are from the Twitters, guys. So we usually send out a tweet asking for them. Uh, thank you for those that sent them in. And first we have at Unbound Requiem asking, what is the ultimate starch, rice or potatoes? Oof. I don't understand. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if there's a double meaning here or not. But if I had to choose a side for a dish, more than likely I'd go go with rice over potatoes. But the ultimate starch, I don't know. I don't keep track of that shit. So I, you got me. Here's the thing: like I, I love sushi, and you can't have that without the rice. That's true. I, I yeah. also love like French fries, like home fries, and all that stuff. Um, I don't know, man. That's a that's a that might be the hardest question we've ever had on the mail sack. Really taking it to the pavement. That's yeah. I don't <laughs> oh, know what the phrase is. <laughs> uh, you you're big with the lingo. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's dead ass crazy. I learned that one the other day. Dead <laughs> oh, ass is the new. Yeah, that's what they like. Did they say to say dead ass? Mm-hmm. So, which which starch is the dead ass starch? right <laughs> come on guys we all know for a fact it's rice you can't you know curry sushi there you go rice you know like i mean 
No, but seriously, here's the thing with potatoes, man. You get to be my age, and you know they can they can mess up your poop. So gotta go rice. <laughs> rice is go. more digestible. I'm a. I know y'all didn't want to know that, but you know, a little little. Yeah, get man, one like, day. once you get into your like late 30s and 40s and stuff, that's something you gotta really think about. Is like, I'm gonna eat this, and like, what's it gonna do to my poop later? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> should I? It's God, uh, I hate it. <laughs> I've already hit that with. Should I order Chinese tonight? Oh nope, it's a weekday. Can't do that during the week. Gotta wait for the weekend. <laughs> I, I can't even order Chinese uh, 10 months out the year. I'm like, I got a short window of Chinese food. <laughs> oh my. So, and then it's, 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 so I'm, I'm done now, but I'll say this, like, I mean, well, hmm, yeah, rice is definitely better. Yeah. <laughs> you got horse shot though with rice, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you got, I mean, come on, potato milk. No one wants that. Oh, no. <laughs> go milk a potato. Get back to me. <laughs> yeah. They have eyes, but not nipples. Um, so that <laughs> is important information. Uh, at Caesar, the writer asks uh, a couple of things. First, yes, how well, because uh, we were talking a lot about Resident Evil 2 recently with the remake coming out. Um, so he asks first, how well has the original Resident Evil 2 aged now that the remake is out? Um I played that. Uh, I played that back in September uh, around the Dreamcast Marathon, and um, it's still okay. I haven't played enough of the remake to compare the two yet, but I still enjoy what the second one did, and just going through it again and the bonus stuff they added. So I still like it. I don't. Uh, in terms of how it's aged, I'm the weirdo that still likes tank controls. So maybe I'm not the right person to ask. I haven't played it yet. The remake or the original? The remake. He's still waiting for that Resident Evil like, director's cut from Capcom. Well, and that's yeah. the thing is, like, I I haven't I haven't gone back and played the original. To I have no point of reference, so I'm not good for this one right now. I think right, the bigger right. thing to remember is what the gap. Like, okay, so Resident Evil came out on the PlayStation, and it was shocking that a game could scare you. I was like, mm-hmm. there's no way this mm-hmm. thing could scare me, and it got me with the jump scares. And I was like, all right, it got me. But when Resident Evil 2 came out, it was like Terminator to Terminator 2. Mm. It was like everything that you know worked about Resident Evil 1, but oh man, look at all the extra money. The CGI backgrounds are 10 times better. They're, they're rivaling Final Fantasy. Like they were, I mean, I, I just don't think you can have the right frame of context unless you were there kind of thing for that, you know? Right. <clears throat> um, the tank controls, you can't compare the control schemes to Resident Evil 2 modern to old resident you got it's more like comparing resident evil 4 to the resident evil 2 remake but just in terms of saying hey you know the story and the characters in the setting 2 was was probably you know the the best in terms of scaling up from a, a small game in a mansion to a big game in a city you know and it really set the tentpole i think for those kind of like sequels that continued a storyline which final fantasies weren't doing they were rebooting every time something came out so like resident evil 2 was like the terminator 2 of of uh games on the psx and by the time yeah. that resident evil 3 came out look it did a lot of good things and it added jason to it essentially um Ugh. but it didn't it didn't it wasn't as big a leap from one to two graphically or anything like that right so, yeah and I'll, I'll say with the terminator comparison also the pacing uh was significantly different from one to two super cinematic mm-hmm. resident evil 2 is super cinematic for me like the true atmospheric you know, like moody could get you just on tone game was Silent Hill, you know? Oh, and yeah, yeah. 
yeah and so but resident evil 2 was like the james cameron super action over the top um which they didn't really get back to for me until the dreamcast code veronica remember that one like a full 3d yeah yeah yeah, i'll say i'll agree with that i I wasn't a huge fan of nemesis though because i think it felt too small compared to one and two in terms of just almost everything I think the bigger leap though on the PlayStation One was Dino Crisis One from Resident Evil Two because oh god, I for- but, I always forget that the series exists somehow. I think that needs a reboot. Like the the idea of just doing Res, you know, like trapped on an island with dinosaurs, Jurassic Park meets Resident Evil. You know, is, there's something there. You know, like they can even do Resident Evil Dino Crisis and just <laughs> umbrella set up a theme park and it kill you know dinosaurs or zombie dinosaurs. You know, would be so fun. I mean, with Capcom's track record, I don't see why they wouldn't remake that game eventually. But um, yeah, RE2 is good any generation. Uh, He also asks, how well has the quote-unquote semi-lost OG original Resident Evil 1.5 aged now that the remake is out? Um, And what he means by that in the way that you do still think that interest uh, there is an interest there in finding playing the myth- mythical 80% build that's still there. Um, what he's referring to is before the actual original Resident Evil 2 came out, um, there was a 1.5 that instead of Leon, uh, well, it did still have Leon a rookie cop, or at least a rookie cop, but instead of Claire uh, Redfield, Chris's sister, it had just a random girl that was uh, a motorcycle, or I don't even, I think she was just a biker girl, um, but if, oh shit, I forget her name, like Ezra something. Um, but, uh, so that game was almost done, like all but finished, but it was canned at the last second and then they restarted and made what Resident Evil 2 is now. Uh, what's interesting is one of the outfits you can unlock in the remake is, uh, Ezra's bike suit. Um, and so that's kind of cool. So that might be, that might actually recharge people's interest in the original. Cause I'm sure there's some sort of dump or, or demo out there that you can play or something, or like one of the versions of it had a demo or a demo disc had a part of it or something. So I think there's still interest. Um, and it's just even more likely that someday we'll actually play that. Wasn't that game cell shaded? The, the one you're talking about the 1.5, like there was initial version might of that. have been, it, if I remember I'm right, sure. It was like cell sharded, so so cell shaded and kind of had like like an anime ish kind of. Or was it, or am I thinking about Metal Gear? I might be thinking of Metal Gear. Oh, maybe yeah. one before Metal Gear Two. I think Metal Gear. Yeah, it was gonna be so. Never mind, take it back. Okay, I'm um, still chuckling over the idea of something being cell sharded. I well, hey, there were a few. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna true. get me on pronunciation now. Aren't we? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just sounded looking like a true PR <laughs> asshole. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> Hey, you want your fucking magazine? You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, I got a question. So, Resident Evil. Remember when they 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 promoted the Resident Evil director's cut on the PlayStation One? Yeah. I do. Yeah, I've had right. that. Yeah, and then they shipped it, and it was the exact same game as Resident Evil. Like they never shipped the director's cut. Like, <laughs> oh, I thought you. Okay, I didn't know yeah. they did that because yeah, I know the disc I, yeah was was not the director's cut at all. It was literally <laughs> they pressed the original game noise so when they released the playstation classic to my understanding is it says resident evil dresser cut but it's still the still the original game <laughs> very good one more pro of that fucking re that classic thing yeah which by the way the uh playstation classic is now 60 percent off hell yeah 
I found out today that you it's it's like pretty easy easily hackable and you can basically load all sorts of PlayStation ROMs on it. Oh, you can, except they actually did that to the PlayStation Classic and they also hacked the SNES Classic and it turns out the SNES Classic runs the PlayStation ROMs better. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> How is that even possible? <laughs> Inaptitude. Hashtag. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, 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 wow. Um that's something. Uh yeah, so go go look up that O that OGRE point one point five. Uh, and then third question from Caesar. He asks, What is Sketchcraft's favorite DuckTales toy? Oh, favorite DuckTales. Well, hmm. Hmm, that's a good one. You know, I really like the set that I have now, but this is gonna come down to so Funko Pop made actual action figures based on the original series, which you can get all the original Disney TV adventures characters. So Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, and and Scrooge McDuck. So if you want an NES, you know, era quality Scrooge McDuck, I would recommend that one. They're super cheap, five, ten bucks. Um, and that's the actual action figure, not the weird squishy Funko Pop head one, like an actual Scrooge McDuck. Uh, but the ones I have now, man, are the best. And 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 honestly, if I could get Hot Toys or one of these guys to make a Scrooge McDuck, I might, I might throw down on that money. Like, <laughs> or you know, Revel Tech would be awesome too. You know those guys that make those super articulate anime figures. Or uh, did uh, they make Nin- that like five foot tall One Piece statue or whatever? I don't think they make the large ones, but I have oh, a I bunch know. of the Evangelion ones. Hmm. Uh, I didn't pay for those, by the way. So I actually, so when Evangelion 1.1 came out, I, I was low on money because I wasn't being paid by play. Um, and so I entered a contest to win it on Blu-ray and I won. And I, I forgot about it. So one day this package shows up and it's filled with all this Evangelion manga, not the actual series, but the reboot where they're all in high school. And I was like, what is this shit? And it was, but it was also stuffed full of Evangelion figures. So I got all those Rebel Techs that way. But anyway, side note. No, the new DuckTales figures are my favorite because you get a money bin, man. You get all the characters. And I want a Gizmo Duck. And, and I really do like the new art style in the cartoon. I think it it pays homage. Um, you know, I would like some airbrushing if that's possible, you know, but it's not. So there you go. Not everything can be airbrushed. I want a Darkwing Duck, though. Yeah, I want. So I want full Darkwing Duck, all the villains, all the gear, and well, also there is Count the... Duckula. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and Count Duckula. Hey, you know, on a side note, I own every Clerks in action figure. So very nice. So his you favorite know. Ducktales toys are his Clerks action figures. Yeah, Kevin Smith. I got the, <laughs> I got the 2005 exclusive from this the Secret Stash sign. Um, I have all the in action figures. No, the newest series is awesome. I don't know if you guys just go to Target and they're super cheap. I mean, buy them up while you can because who knows if they're going to make any more. Yeah, that is a weird thing that might just disappear and then be worth millions. Oh, I also bought the because uh, my wife tells me I have to no more toys. Uh, so I had to buy one more because you can always get away with one more, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I spent the hundred and twenty bucks on the twelve on the one four scale movie shredder from the first Turtles movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's arriving whenever it comes out. It's already paid for. That's a good. That's a good final final one final move or whatever. <laughs> I've been waiting for that that figure since nineteen ninety. Yeah. Um, and uh, next up at Ari James asks, what's the next Megavision for Megavisions magazine? 
Uh, so I think we already confirmed that with the demo discs and the glasses. The That's pages good. will smell just like Chris. Ooh. Yeah. I don't wear deodorant, well, so it's going to smell great. I was going to say, if you scratch hard enough, they probably do right now. But <laughs> It smells like porn stash. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. um, we're going like in 4D. 4D, We're skipping yeah. 3D magazines, so we're going straight to 4D. Um, well, actually, the fourth dimension is time. I hope you can hear me adjusting my glasses. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, well, bonus Chris question. I, oh, yeah. Well, Chris and I did talk about... Uh, some possible upgrades that we would use as stretch goals on the Patreon. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to get into that now, but, but we do have some ideas for how to grow the magazine in terms of content and add some unique things that aren't just more pages, you know? So, yeah, we'll definitely, we're, we'll, we'll, we're planning to announce some, some pretty exciting stuff like here in the near future. So keep an, keep an eye out. Nice. Good question then. Um, and, uh, oh, he, he has a bonus question as well. He says, how many Megavision magazines could Sketchcraft buy if his budget was the cost of all his DuckTales toys? So I, I would say more than you have uh, drawn for. Can we just focus on getting <laughs> 700 Patreon so I can get paid to make this magazine? Because like, <laughs> right now we're all kind of working for free, all of us, you know, like, why don't we just put all this effort into growing the patrons so we could all get paid? Like, <laughs> and then we'll start talking about how much money I do and don't have. For I want to know why everyone's so obsessed with your DuckTales collection. Probably because it's a part of the question that I asked. I don't even remember it now. I'd have to go find it again, but it's my <laughs> fault. I, I will fully take the blame for it. Um, but I'm sure people are just curious, too. They just want to know more about everyone's lives because that's they want to know if it's okay to buy the toys and it is it's okay to run across the target and spill your coffee all over you know funny part is i did spill my coffee <laughs> and i left it to go get the to go get the shopping cart oh and God. as i'm as i'm heading with the shopping cart full of toys to the register right here clean up on aisle four and i'm like oh that's that's definitely the one you know <laughs> yeah that's my coffee oh well yep yep um and then uh, last question here from Virtua Eric asks, what is your favorite story about lost media? And that's uh, that could be a whole topic in itself. Um, like media that just disappeared or is that a company? I doesn't expand on it. That's it. What is your favorite story about lost hmm. media? So that could be anything from, do you remember owning a laser disc player to, you know, what's a good time capsule that discusses VHS tapes or something. I well, I remember going all in on HD DVD with God the damn Xbox it. 360. Like I thought I was like, you know what? Like fuck Blu-ray. Mm. I'm all in. I'm getting that HD DVD player. I'm getting my King Kong HD DVD Jeez. and I'm going all in on that. And I bought, so many I, so many i'm saying that it's like maybe eight <laughs> of the hd dvd releases um you know what's funny like being someone who's been so faithful to sega for so long like i <laughs> i kind of have a track record for picking the the systems that didn't end up winning the console wars like for each right. generation <laughs> yeah. and, and so that yeah. also goes to show like the hd dvd thing um, was was did graham have a hand in that because we know he's got a boner for microsoft and everything they do 
Yeah. No, like, I don't know what it was. I think it was just the fact that, you know what? I'd like, I, I was super excited for the King Kong movie because for one, Peter Jackson, uh, two Jack black and both of them together. Um, I was just, I, th- I think that may have ended up being like a, a really big thing that kind of swayed me there. Um, so for me, lost media, HD DVD player, Funny story, I was up in my attic like a, a month or two ago. I think it was actually when I was pulling down our Christmas uh, decorations, actually. And I come across a box. I'm like, oh, let me look what's in here. And it's just like a bunch of, of my old video game stuff that I have just boxed up. I don't need it down here or anything. And I still have a completely boxed, intact HD DVD player in my attic right now. <sighs> I am holding a sealed copy of The Departed on HD DVD right now. <laughs> I stupidly bought that thing thinking that I got it secondhand, but I got it thinking like, oh, I'll just use this to watch all my DVDs and I'll get some HD DVDs. And that way I won't burn out the re- the lens of my 360 that I play all the time. And I haven't unpacked that thing in two moves. So whatever. Yeah. And now I can't sell that thing for anything. Well, I got two things to add to this. So, me personally, uh, for me, it was when I chose the 32X, right? I bought it. I admit, I got it because of Shadow Squadron, and I got it super cheap, right? But let me tell yeah. you, man, that, the 32X, Shadow Squadron was, when you had two-player, it was like playing the, the last Starfighter as an actual game. Because one person yeah. would fly the ship, and the other person would shoot. And so, we would, my buddy and I would just put in the last Starfighter theme and on a loop, you know? Oh, man, just you were ready. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a big, I was an uber nerd. But I mean, the fucking system did nothing, you know, so it went nowhere. Um, and then on a side note, so I used to work at this toy store in San Diego called Playco. I've mentioned this before. And so I worked there 97 to 98. And in March of 97, we had to go do inventory. And I did such a good time. I, good time, I did such a good job that the manager took me up to their central warehouse in San Marcos where they keep all the, to do the big inventory of basically all the returns and things they didn't sell. So you go to this warehouse and it's a giant warehouse, you know, four, three to four stories tall. And there are these toy returns, the things that didn't sell, not return merchandise so much as just things that didn't sell that then they stack them from the floor to the ceiling straight up. So there was all these crazy, remember this spawn figure with the bones, like it was all bones or something. Remember that one was like that figure, tons of spawn toys on return. But there was this giant stack of Atari Jaguars, the likes of which I've never seen before. Oh, no. <laughs> Just and and I kept thinking, like, if I push this, we could all die. At the hands <laughs> of the Jaguar. <laughs> Their fate is in my hands. This, but I knew it would make the record books if people died at the hands of the Jaguar. And so <laughs> it was a joke that got old quickly around there. Um, but yeah, there was nothing kind of like but, the Jaguar. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really remember it until that whole, uh, chameleon debacle because mm. of the Jaguars. <laughs> and I was like, there are a bunch of those shells. Like there's just tons of hardware that gets stockpiled somewhere right now. There's gotta be a sack of 3ds just sitting in some warehouse as we speak. That's Chris's basement. They're out there. They're out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really have. I mean, 
Uh, one that comes to mind, um, I'm a huge, huge fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000, the show. And um, I uh, learned that the movie was released on Laserdisc. I don't even know. This was probably like I was down an eBay hole or something. And um, I, uh, I don't remember why but for some reason it was delivered to me and i wasn't there and um i so it, it got sent to wherever the pickup place is for the i think it must have been the post office or maybe it was fedex i don't know it doesn't matter point is i had to leave my house to go get something that should have been mailed to me and um walked up to the the person manning the window and i was like yeah i ordered this thing and they're like okay what's your name what's your name and they're just looking around and i can see the entire room and it's not much of an area to search they're like, well, what's it shaped like? I'm like, oh, it's uh, it's uh, it's a vinyl record because I didn't want to admit that I bought a laser disc. <laughs> and um, the, so they're looking around and they eventually find it. I'm like, I don't have a laser disc player. I'm such a sad fan, but I own this laser disc movie just because it's Mystery Science Theater. And it was, I guess, cheap enough. But um, so that's that's something I could think of more probably like how I did recently make an actual physical mixtape for someone. But, uh, you know. That is the saddest thing I've heard. (laughs) Hey, I love MST. Or is the other thing the saddest thing you've heard? All the (laughs) good stuff. Make a mixtape for someone that you love. People, they'll appreciate it. Speaking of lost media, though, you may you may be excited about something that we might be able to get in this next issue of Megavisions. Oh, I thought we were transitioning. Okay. Well, now we can transition, but that that was just a little teaser. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was well, the worst transition I've heard in 10 years. It wasn't a transition. It <laughs> that was, was a, a transition. Teaser. That was a teaser transition to nothing. That was like you're as bad as Rockstar with announcements for announcements. <laughs> Speaking of lost media, <laughs> keep an eye out for this next issue of Megavisions cuz there may or may not be something lost and or media about this next issue. Is that better? You're saying they're all going to get shipped I... to the wrong addresses? Yeah. Like, is that what you're? <laughs> We're shipping them all to Guam. Oh, yes, please. international. Oh. Good. Hey, we got to hit all those top lists, whatever. All right, I'm I'm zipping up the mail sack. There we go. So, uh, shall we throw it over to news, Chris? Let's do some news. It says Scott on here, but I'm going to go ahead and do this news. Oh, whoops. Sorry. I didn't update that, I guess. So <laughs> that's good. Behind the um, scenes. So apparently that uh, Toe Jam and Earl Funky Edition is going to be made available through limited run games. So, Scott, you actually published this story. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, um, so this is pretty cool. Everybody knows, I would assume by now, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that Toe Jam and Earl, Back in the Groove, is coming out through Human Nature Studios uh, from the original creator. And um, they are getting a physical edition through Limited Run. But not only that, they're getting a funky edition, which is a collector's edition, and it includes a good bit of stuff. It's going to be 70 bucks. Um, I, at the time of this recording, I don't know that they've announced the price of just the physical switch and PS4 versions they're doing on their own. Um, but yeah, the collector's edition, it comes in a box, like how the gifts, the, the, the presents look in the game. So it's a rectangular, well, sort of rectangular, like it's not exactly even, um, and it's a vibrant pink color with like teal and yellow triangles all over it. 
Um, it's all in that box. It's, of course, the game. You get a map puzzle board. There are 25 possible maps you can make out of all of them. Uh, and uh, with that, you get some little, like, stand stands you can get, little cutouts for the elevator, like earthling houses, trees, things like that. But also you get enamel pins uh, of Toe Jam, Earl, Letitia, LaWanda, and two blind box earthling enamel pins that you can put on little standees and set up on your little puzzle graded level thing. And you get an 18 inch by 24 inch poster. And speaking of lost media, a cassette tape of the soundtrack and a download code. So that was, it's that was amazing. Pretty cool. Um, I am excited for that because just. A, I'm just excited for Toe Jam and Earl, but um, enamel pins are like have become more of a thing just with anything you buy or like a lot of you see them all over Etsy and stuff. But so those are usually not too cheap. So this is actually just thinking of those pins. It's a pretty good deal overall. So, um, Rob, are you excited for Toe Jam and Earl? Well, I did that cover, so hopefully we'll sell more prints. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't my game. I loved the characters mm-hmm. and the Funkatron was more fun or was a side scroller. Yeah. Um, two very different games. But I remember, you know, when when I got the Genesis that Christmas with the Sonic packing included, uh, that was a game that I would toss out as, you know, I got that game. It's awesome. I didn't have the game. I would just lie because it would make me sound like I was cooler. Oh, that you had Toe Jam and Earl? Yeah, yeah, I would just lie. <laughs> so, <laughs> while I was at home playing Fantasia because I was dumb enough to get that stupid fucking game. Um, horrible game. Uh, it looked pretty, though. Uh, but I like Toe Jam and Earl. I really wish that they would hand those characters off and do little animations with, like, the robot chicken dudes or the Rick and yeah, Morty guys or... I really think that those characters and those designs would do better than a game or if they could make like a point and click adventure. Yeah, you know, like, I could see that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's it, almost what part of the um, uh, Funkatron was because you had so many random conversations with like their alien friends and stuff. Yeah. They get Key and Peele to do the voices. You know? Gosh. Yeah. yeah. I could, I could watch all that. So I think it's awesomely cool. I'm really glad though. Like, I mean, look, this is one of those things like with Limited Run, right? They put a lot of effort into it. Right. You know, so you're not just getting some generic, you know, here's your, you know, you ever go to GameStop, you know what I'm talking about. And you buy a game and it's just, it's already opened, but you paid the new price. Yeah. And you get a (laughs) quote unquote statue with it. There's no actual game. It's just a download code. So, you know, like it's nice. It's got a cassette soundtrack, which is pretty amazing. You know, make, speaking of mixtapes. So, yeah, I think that's cool. hilarious and great. Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. Um, they, I love um, the logo. Yeah, they, uh, they did do already. Limited Run did a, um, uh, uh, a Genesis case, like the plastic case for Toe Jam and Earl. Um, they put it out at PAX East, and uh, I think they had a couple left after that. But yeah, just to to further preach on Limited Run doing awesome quality stuff, but it just it looks like it has a the old um, black grid uh, background, and then um, it has like official seal and stuff on the front, and then it actually has all the art on the back. And that came with the I think the same poster this is gonna have. Um, and like collector cards and stuff, but limited run does good stuff. I'm so excited. They're doing this. And just the fact that there's a physical edition of the game too. So, yeah, I would uh, like action figures. 
Yeah, they've got the vinyl figures on. I think those are back up on their site too. Uh, man, I just keep thinking about a cartoon now because you mentioned that. Why haven't they yeah. done that yet? <laughs> yeah, but the even if it's just like a a quick little like three minute things on YouTube or something. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Is Chris back yet? I don't know. Chris, are you alive? We probably could. I mean, he'll review this later, but uh, Chris, we're going to talk about how... We can can read those real questions they wanted to know. Like, what's it like to work with this guy? Is mm-hmm. his mustache that bad? You know, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it Why doesn't does look as bad so in bad? person as it does on the Instagrams, you know, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, Why does right. he smell that bad? Why does my magazine smell? Hmm. Hmm. Scratch and sniff. Yeah, I remember there was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there was a Sega ad that was a scratch and sniff thing where it um it just it said like smell the scent of greatness or something and then you <laughs> unfold the page and it was a, a dude's sweaty back and it was like for a baseball game or something. That that brings me back to how horrible the ads for games were in the nineties. Yeah, That's the they, one thing well, digging through my endless treasure trove of, of gaming magazines is the fucking ads were i hated them when i was a kid i hate them even more now yeah they tried just too hard and it's not like they were too edgy it's just like dude this is dumb i don't even know what this ad's for yeah did you ever see the cover art to bust a move on the playstation one? Oh yeah that's the one where the dude's eyes are like held open with toothpicks yeah, so Bust and Move features the cute little bubble bobble dinosaurs, yeah. and you got the jewels, and it's got the fun music, and you know, if you were, uh, we used to play it a lot uh, on the on Coin Op at Godfather's Pizza, mm-hmm. and it was a fun co-op. It was a fun Coin Op game to play because you could get some money out of your quarter. It wasn't oh, a game that yeah. you were going to lose in two seconds. Say, like if you played Metal Slug, you were you're going to get your ass kicked pretty quickly, right? Um, but so. Then the it comes out on PlayStation One, and the cover is just these weird chrome pinballs with these this guy guy like stretching his eyes out or making this the screaming face, and it's just like what I, I when I worked at the toy store when they came out, and I remember just staring at it like what is their fucking problem, you know like yeah. <laughs> like why do they hate us so much? Yeah, I remembered that that was the magazine ad, and I just kind of accepted that as the dumb magazine ad because I'm like that's. Well, that's just silly. And then the game comes out and I'm like, oh, what? Wait, what? That's the what? And I had to like do it because I dug those games. I'd like do a triple take. It's like, is this the game that I want to play? What is this cover? And it's just I don't even know. That must have been like concept or or maybe they just forgot to <laughs> make the cover art. And they're like, crap, what was the last thing we did? Where's the last bit of art for this game? All right, slap that on there and go. Yeah, Could you imagine for Toe Jam and Earl, they, they would do like a super realistic, muscular Oh, sweaty with all the textures and warts and pimples and shit. No <laughs> version no. of those characters. Earl would just be a less appealing shirtless Homer Simpson. Well, they did that with what was it, Battletoads the other day? They're like the, ar- oh, the art did director they? for God of War. Yeah, the art director for God of War gives you the modern version of Battletoads, and I'm like, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so bad. Uh. Yeah, it's like everything you, uh, worse than the Sonic movie, you know. Like it's just I don't understand this need to do the realistic version of something. But but beyond that, the um the Bustin' Move thing was one of those things where you're just looking at it, like it's not even the game. There's no screaming faces in the game. Yeah, you know. But there was a bunch of those ads like Booger Man would 
have some weird, Ugh. you know, or there'd be like a toilet and some kids scream. I guess that all comes back to this Sega. I guess we can blame Sega for that, right? The are you the Sega yell with the TVs? And... Yeah, a little bit of it. Just the attitude, the edginess. I blame Sega. Did you? So have you gotten on console wars? Have you gotten to that? The marketing part? Uh, no. I'm only like 50 pages in. Still, it's still introducing everybody in the law firm, basically for Nintendo. Um, but uh, so the audio book makes that go by a lot quicker. By the way, yeah, it's. I keep like not paying attention to those parts that I'm reading. I have to reread it, so I just got to power through that beginning part because it's not even talking about Kalinsky at this point. I really recommend the audiobook. Like I really yeah. do. Like it's one of the few times I can say I think it's better than the actual book. I, I believe it, uh, especially going through some of those factoids and stuff because I'm not going to remember half of like who was okay. He's got the Northeast portion, and Nintendo wanted to expand and yada yada yada. But I hope it's not important for the rest of the book because I am phasing out. Right, Chris, back yet? I'm uh, here. I, right. I knew it. I knew, he was, just, I knew he was just fucking sitting there. Yep. 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 All right. Well, Chris, talk about. Do uh, you have one phrase now to sum up your feelings of Toe Jam and Earl? Because we already talked it to death. I'm super excited about Toe Jam and Earl. Shocking. I. I. Here's the thing, man. Like, I, Greg Johnson, like he told me about this game years ago. Like, and we actually, <laughs> we actually almost like spoiled the whole surprise on Sega nerds because he told me about he told we, we've been talking about it and then he was like okay we're ready we're about ready to announce like the kickstarter and everything he gave me all the information so we had a we had a, a, a post ready to go up and i had him look at it and he's like okay everything looks good i was like okay just let me know when you want me like when it's okay to publish this thing he's like okay and then like he told me later he's like okay it's good to go or something along those lines i was like okay and so i published the article and um like 15 20 minutes goes by he's like oh my god he's like no don't publish it i was like what and he's like yeah you you got it can you take it down i was like okay what's going on he's like "No, no no it's it's not ready to go up yet we're like launching the kickstarter like next week or something and uh and i was like okay so i i took it down and thankfully not like too many people saw it at that point in time so i i deleted all our all our stuff on like social media and everything um and it was just kind of funny that like we very nearly like ruined the surprise of like this new toe jim and Earl game um but he had actually been talking to me about this for for quite a while so i knew it was coming um but it looks really good. Like I, I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. And I think Scotty, like you and I, plan on actually live streaming this, like here in the near future as well, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's out on a Friday, so we're gonna try out the co-op and see how it goes. So it should be a good time. Did you end up getting one of the um, uh, the Genesis cartridge things that they did that limited run did? Or not cartridge, the case? No, I didn't. No, because like I spent so much money. Like I thought that I got a um like a physical version of the game but apparently i somehow um ended up getting the vinyl figures instead so i've got vinyl figures of like tojim and earl their um their spaceship and i think maybe something else and so those came in instead (laughs) so i don't know what ended up happening um but i'm just I, i i don't i don't know like i i'll try to get the uh, limited run games version of it, I guess, but 
I'm just fine to play the game. Like I don't am care I, what, what what I played on. Am I the only person who like look guys, game cases are fine, you know, the old ones, I guess. Um I always thought the boxes were better. So like when you got a box for Nintendo or the Genesis box when the first Genesis came out, the packaging for the actual console I thought was better. But game cases were I mean, you you, you kind of chucked them for the most part because they took up so much space. For me, when they finally moved to CDs, the jewel cases, not those giant American Saturn ones, but right. the PSX and the Japanese Saturn. When they moved to jewel cases, I thought that was perfect. It still felt like the games, like when you especially got a multi CD game and you're like, this feels amazing. You felt like you got a block of stuff. Um, I, I I guess I'm the only one who misses CD jewel cases more than I do these these boxes. When we were at E3, Chris, wasn't the Mutant League football guy trying to sell us on the two? And we got the we got the Genesis boxes. Like this seems to be a yeah, that, yeah. That that sounds like it's it. That sounds familiar. Like I I agree with you. Like growing up, we just chunked our like Genesis like boxes or not Genesis but NES like in Super Nintendo and stuff. Like we didn't keep that stuff. Like we just we right. kept the the cart. We kept the uh, the um you know the uh, um, the instruction manual, manual and that yeah. was it. Like I we didn't think anything of it, and most of the time we just ripped it open. So it was like completely ripped apart um, because we were so excited to get to the game. Um, I, I had no no forethought in that, like, hey, maybe we should collect this stuff. Like for us and growing up, like it was all about like, let's these are just stuff to play. This is like a toy. This is something to enjoy. It never crossed my mind. Like this is something that we need to be that that's collectible and it's going to be worth something one day like that. That never yeah. crossed our mind. And every one of them were different sizes. At least with the CD cases, you, they could be uniform. Mm-hmm. So it was like I was like I had my Japanese Saturn imports, I had my PlayStation, and then the fucking Nintendo carts for the sixty-four, just ruining my displayage. You know, back in the nineties. <laughs> well, because there's no like um, top like uh, label at all. Like right. you know, like it. So you couldn't like place them on a like in a bookcase and have them display very well I, I will say though that i am a sucker for the the, the playstation long boxes like that that is something that i i do Ooh. i do love like it's it's just it takes me back to the very early days of the playstation era and that was like that was like a defining moment in in my like childhood of of like video game like video games and everything like that I felt like that was a huge turning point in the industry um, just with the transition from, you know, like the 16 bit to 32 bit and everything's CD based. Now there's everything's polygon. And then we got these like really cool looking long boxes. Um, so mm. That was, that was cool. I, I will admit the they're a pain in the ass to mm. put on they're They, they are 100% a pain in the ass to try to put on a shelf today. But back then, I thought they were cool as shit. I mean, I the hard like, plastic cases, I will say that the Genesis hard plastic cases are pretty good because those are though they protect the games. Well, what's even worse is so the 3DO came in a long box. You open the long box, and it's a CD jewel case. So that like I, nice. I don't know how you feel about that, Rob. That's about as big a waste as the original CD box. <laughs> yeah. When I bought Van Halen's For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, it came in this long box with that had his little CD in there. So it's stupid. It, no one misses that. Uh, but yeah, I guess somewhere someone's making these Genesis boxes. And, and I guess like, so. Yeah. I, the... I don't want to shit on a, a free swag, <laughs> dude. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to be the 
the guy is like, fuck your, you know, making it cooler. Just give me the stupid game. Um, I like quality stuff, but I, I, I do like that when you, you hold something, it feels like what it's, it's worth. You know, does that make any sense? Like, like I love the Genesis, but the Genesis controllers always felt a little cheap. <laughs> You're like, they're a little too light. You know, like I always wanted a little bit more weight in the Genesis controllers. That's why I like the the Saturn D-pad when it came out because it, it was more the, the the second version, not the first version. But um, and then well, let's not get in the Dreamcast. But but you know, <laughs> poor Genesis and the Sega and their their weird takes on controllers. Uh, but the boxes, I don't miss the long boxes. Here's the thing too about the long box games on the PlayStation. They, a lot of them featured a lot of shitty games. So, you know, you're looking at like 15 copies of Street Fighter the movie thinking like, yeah, you, you earned that box. Fuckers. You know, like, like it was a horrible <laughs> game. <laughs> you guys ever play Street Fighter the movie game? I like, am looking at the Saturn version right yeah, now. Yeah, you guys should stream that sometime and just oh, do boy. really weird quotes, you know, <laughs> from that movie. If you hate, if you love Mortal Kombat and hate Street Fighter, you know, like <laughs> and hate yourself, and hate yourself. You know, and everything about licensing that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just realized now too. Uh, the reason I mentioned I just got a 32x, and I bought my first 32x or CD 32x game, and that's the worst fucking packaging of all because it, since it's a CD. They put it in still a cardboard box to match kind of the 32X boxes, but Shh. it's a long box and wider like the Sega CD boxes. Shh. We're not. Come on, man. You know, I was defending the 32X. Why you got to? Oh, gotta I, 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 I was. Yeah, it's great. But hmm. that box size is dumb. We can all admit that the oh, long I've boxes were the Toblerone of game packaging, right? Like just why triangles? You know, like no candy comes Why? in a triangle form. <laughs> no. None. What were we talking about? Let's talk about, about some uh some Dreamcast <laughs> stuff now. So speaking of controllers. Guys, speaking of controllers, did you guys see some news about a new revamped Dreamcast controller that just launched on Kickstarter? Sure did. Lots of people told me about this thing, as well as people within our circle of the Megavisions crew. This thing has like already reached its goal. Like, so it's, uh, I guess they had a goal of $13,000. It's already at 56,000. So it's well, uh, above their goal. So this thing's, uh, apparently going to get made. I mean, it's a Kickstarter. So does, <laughs> I mean, you, you can take it for what, you know, what you want. Like if, if that, if you have confidence in a Kickstarter project, um, but it seems like hey, these now. guys are, <laughs> Hey, we fulfilled our Kickstarter, so we're good to go. I don't know where you're going but with this. Hey, I, I, I we need Kickstarter. What are you doing? <laughs> we, hey, no, I'm not. We're not on Kickstarter anymore. We're a Patreon. I am. Oh, we're past that garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But uh, no, no, no. So this is a, a new uh, Dreamcast controller by, I guess, a company called like Retro Fighters. And uh, apparently they've done some other controllers, like Sega controllers in the past. Um and so people are getting pretty excited about this. It's it looks like a somewhat standard Dreamcast controller, but they've added a turbo button onto it um, and a clear button. I don't know what that button does, but um, I don't know. It looks uh, it looks pretty good. Like these guys look like they might do some good work. I've I've like the uh, the VMUs and the Rumble packs are fully compatible with this. 
Um, I'm trying to, I'm scrolling through there. Yeah, uh, the, um, I kind of equated it to when Xbox went from the Duke to the S controller in terms of um, stretching it out a little bit. Because uh, it does, I guess, if anything, I kind of equate it to how the PS4 DualShock looks now. Because um, it's a little wider. Uh, there is no added, there is no second stick. Everybody keeps saying, put a second stick on there. And it's like, why? That would just, it would just sit there. None of the games are made for a second stick. So I don't know how that would work. But um, I don't know how I feel about it. But yeah, they've done a Sega Saturn. They did a Sega controller in terms of it being compatible with Sega Saturn and Genesis. And they also did an NES version and um, Nintendo 64 uh, controllers revamped of those as well. So I, I get what you're saying about like, why would they add a second stick to it? Um, so I'm friends with uh, Falco and uh, Gurgis, and he's the one that does, uh, he's, he's like the lead developer of Elysian Shadows, which is like a, uh, a Dreamcast RPG that's been in development for quite a long time. But he, he posted some stuff online today that I was reading and uh, I thought he made a, a pretty good point that it, this could be a really good opportunity to fix one of the biggest wrongs uh, or the biggest mistakes maybe that uh, Sega made with the Dreamcast in that it didn't add a second analog stick uh, to the controller. And not that it necessarily would fix some of the first-person shooter games on the uh, the Dreamcast, but it could, like, think of the 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 possibilities that it would open up for the indie community that develops games on the Dreamcast. Like they could then create uh, like first person shooters and other games that could make use of a dual analog sticks. Uh, and that could be an optional control, uh, you know, like system that, that you would use if you had these controllers like that, that would be great. Like that was one of the worst things about playing first person shooters on the Dreamcast back then is that you only had a single analog stick. So you'd have to like use the, the analog stick to like move like up left, right and, and, and backwards. And then you'd have to use the, uh, the D pad to control the camera or whatever. And it was just not an intuitive way of controlling uh, your, your character at all. And so I do think that there could be, you know, some awesome possibilities if they were to do that. But I don't know if uh, if if that's something that they would actually consider doing at this point. Yeah, I guess I didn't think of it like that. So you have a good point, but uh, I don't know. And it, uh, it's fair to point out they're 43 bucks each U.S. dollars. Um, basically, the tiers are one controller, two controller, three controller, four or eight if you're insane. Look, the biggest crime about the Dreamcast controller was that D-pad. It was designed to injure you. I, I still feel it in my knuckles. Like, I remember playing yeah. Third Impact, and just literally a blister grew on my thumb as I played it. <laughs> I don't think, like, it was a good D-pad until, like, I played the Saturn. I think the Saturn might have been, like, one of the first. Well, no, no, okay, let no, me see. There was a D-pad that pad didn't destroy your thumb. There was a Capcom ASCII pad I had to import from Japan. Because I got the DCX import disc where you can, you know, stream the import games on there. And then uh, I got the D-pad too. And that was an amazing six-button, oversized button, you know, eight-way directional style controller. No no, no dual shocker, nothing. I mean, no analog, but it was perfect for all the fighting games. Mm. But that Dreamcast controller per se, that D-pad had sharp edges. 
Like, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was yeah. literally sharp. I just could not believe what are they? What are they thinking with this? Um, yeah, so the controller looks like a 360 controller with the VMU port. You know, I'm curious about the $43 though. Normally, how many are they making for that to be possible? Because like, this I seems don't know. To me that, that that it should be more like 80 bucks for what they're trying to the, do. Yeah, they're on their site. Um, the Saturn slash Genesis controller is 40 bucks. That's actually coming out in June. Um, the 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 Nintendo the original NES one. Um, which also works as a PC and a Mac controller is thirty, and then the and sorry, these are out now. Like they, they, they have um, them done, or the Nintendo the Nintendo one uh, the Nintendo one's out. It's actually sold out right now. The N sixty four gray one is coming out in April of twenty nineteen, and there are translucent N sixty four ones that those are all the N sixty four ones are thirty. Those are out now as well. The okay. and yeah, so I don't understand the pricing at all, but they're doing it. More power to them, man. You know, I yeah. I for emulation, man. I just use a 360 controller because I got the dual analog, and especially for um, the 64 emulation. You know, like it really is helpful with those C stick maneuvers. But on the Dreamcast, I mean, I don't remember anything having a, a, a camera that would. Was anything mapped to the buttons in that way? Like, um, Slave Zero, Quake Three, oh, uh, Zero. like this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what an overhyped um, game that was, huh? I illogically enjoyed that game, but uh, yeah, there, there were there were games that used those buttons to. Um, I think didn't didn't MDK. Oh, Fur Fighters was one. Woof, that was rough. Um, but that yeah, the, they. No, nah, yeah, it, it was Wolf. Nah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kill me. Yeah, but I'm trying to talk myself out of needing this controller because if I buy one, it'll be like, oh, I have one that's, I, I need to have a complete set. I need to have four of these things. So I'm trying to steer clear. It does of it, say that the, the estimated delivery date is September up. of this year. Shut so up, it Chris. could get there in time for the Dreamcast Marathon. No. Let's ask him to make Mega Vision styled ones. That would be their uh, their Sega their Mega Drive one is pretty awesome the two in one. Yeah, I do like the look, and uh, I imagine that one would feel pretty good. The Saturn Wait. slash Genesis one. So these are just USB, right? So like, thanks so. you. So these are USB. Why the one analog stick on the two in one? What's what's that going to get you? I mean, Shadow Squadron. You know, I could. <laughs> I mapped that to an analog once. It was tough. It's tough to. To map the D-pad to the analog. Um, actually, I'm not sure. There's okay. Hold on. Well, yeah the the NES one does work on Mac and PC. Um, the I think the Genesis and Saturn one is not USB. It just works on. Yeah, it's not USB. It just plugs into the Saturn and the Genesis somehow. So, I guess it's just for people who would like to use an analog for the D-pad. I guess is that so. It? Well, I mean, there's for the Saturn. There's the 3D controller. Um, oh, that. Yeah, that right. that. Oh, I see. Saturn support. My, okay, I'm a, I'm I'm stupid. So there you yeah. go. All right. Um, the I, you can probably use the. It might not read as well. Like it might only have four directions, not necessarily eight. Maybe I don't know how it would work for Genesis games if you try to do that. No, but yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at their NES pad has a dual analog. I'm like, why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <What's>, 
<laughs> and it's like, you can use it on PC, but it only has the two buttons. So I'm like, what the? That is odd. <laughs> so odd. Yeah, Anyhow. I think that, yeah, all right. Anyway, yeah, these, Chris these are, is buying four of them. Dudes. He just said it. Yeah, these are good dudes. I'm buying all of them. Yeah, uh, it's a cool did idea. You it, loser? Did you? Is that what? <laughs> Lost media. Hmm. No, these guys seem pretty cool, right? Look, I'm picky with controllers, though, guys. Like, Mad Cats made those controllers from hell back in the day. You know, they so. do, uh, but there were those six button ones for the PS3 and 360 that I have one sitting in front of me. I since it's a USB thing, I used it on uh, mainly just playing retro games. Actually, you talking about the retro Tendo thing that was like, um, no, it's uh, I think it's called a fight pad, even though it's not. I don't even know. Um, that was for the PS3. Yeah, it basically oh, yeah, looks like made, a Saturn they, controller. After they made the stick, they made a, a it looks just like a Saturn controller. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So I got to hold one of these things to decide if I want it, though, or not. That's what so, it comes down to. Chris, are you going to get one or four? Eight. <laughs> that is a tier. I just saw the backer number go up and an eight. Yeah, he just dropped the grand on eight controllers. Great. Awesome. Fantastic. It's going to be the, 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 the Dreamcast marathon is going to be amazing. Yeah, just went up right now. Hey, uh, hey is, is DreamcastController.com taken? <laughs> oh god <laughs> let's just try it all right all right man maybe if they get enough people whining they will because it's not they haven't been physically made yet except for the circuit boards they were showing in the videos maybe they will add a second stick you, you never know with kickstarter Chris. available for 2.99 oh See? man Dreamcast wow. controller. We could get it and then forward it to mm-hmm. to uh, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that one, guys. <laughs> but I just like knowing it's there. You know, <laughs> just the thought. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we know what else is there and coming. Uh, right, Rob, in the old pop culture scene in the comic book animation world, eh? A weird segue. We know <laughs> what's coming. Hey, it's better hey, than right, Chris's right, segue into nothing <laughs> happening. Back to the mail sack. Uh, so <laughs> you're like Rob's a comic book guy. Like I don't draw comics actually. Uh, so I guess this is news, man. So they announced they're gonna make a Batman Teenage Mutant Turtles crossover cartoon. Immediately, I thought Scooby Doo, right? Like they should just get the whole gang together. But yeah. apparently, it's gonna be based off the IDW uh series by James T Tinyon. And Freddie Williams II. Honestly, I didn't like that series as much as I like the Batman Teenage Mutant Turtles Adventures team up. Did you guys ever see that one? Um, I f- am not sure because I know there were a bunch of times. There were like TMNT was with Ghostbusters and then X Files, and then yeah, there was there an was Adventures like the- one that John Somnavilla, Samaveria, Red J, Red J drew. And okay. so it, w- it was really well drawn, and it's the actual Bruce Tim Batman and villain roster and stuff and and uh that was really good so in terms of those crossovers that's the what i would like to look at i'm looking at this key art for this this cartoon and gotta say man don't like it not, not i don't Rob. know <laughs> yeah i'm looking more at the turtles now and i don't know i guess they're going for the well i don't know this is just its own offshoot thing so it doesn't have to fall into any canon or anything weird or lines of shadow on the bodies that i don't fully understand 
what they're doing. Batman's there. ribs. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, you know, I don't want to talk trash because people put in a lot of work. So I'll just say, not for Rob. Um, definitely not for. It's a shame though. I, I really think Red Jay's art style would be amazing. In um, in two D. Yeah. And yeah. look, that Batman's horrible. Like, <laughs> it's so bad. Not to talk He's... shit about the artist. Batman's <laughs> oh, horrible. Fuck it. Fuck, you know, fucking guys. You know what I mean? That's what are the odds? Fit, Batman. Skinny yeah, what they they'll be like sketchcraft talks a lot of shit, you know. <laughs> God, Batman looks horrible. You know, if they're gonna go that route, they should have just they should have just gone like Hanna Barbera with it. Hey, did you ever see the Donnie versus Raph cartoon? Donnie no. versus Raph? I don't think so. So it's the out of the first, other than the first Turtles movie, Donnie versus Raph is my favorite Turtles thing ever. So a few years back they did these shorts during Comic-Con and they let different animation teams put it together. And the creator of Earthworm Jim wrote and uh, wrote and directed this, this uh, little short called Ra- uh, Donnie versus Raphael. Donnie versus Should have been Doug Tenapel. No, 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 no. Johan Vasquez or whatever. Johan Vasquez. Doug Tenapel is a comic skater. So it's a damn shame about that guy. Um, but no, Yonan Vasquez, whatever creator of the gym. Uh, that is fucking awesome. Has the best shredder line ever in Donnie versus Raph. So, um, that is amazing. But yeah, if they're saying this is based off Freddie Williams, is Freddie Williams was the artist, Freddie Williams the second on that Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If they're mentioning his name and showing that, that's not good because that don't look anything like it. Like that, damn, I, I hope hmm. he's getting paid. Like, <laughs> oh, Freddy gets a check. Uh, hmm. Well, we haven't seen it in motion yet, though, so who knows? Yeah, well, you know, guys, this is a problem with American animation. You know, here's uh, the thing, though. This is kind of like the same thing when everyone saw the first, like, frame of Sonic Boom cartoon and everyone, like, freaked out and thought, hey, this is going to be shit. Or even the first screenshot of the Sonic Boom video game. <laughs> And everyone thought it was going to be terrible. And hey, that it ended up turning out okay, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Rob, I don't think no Chris snarky. has played Sonic Boom. Yeah. <laughs> or he chooses his Sonic games like his consoles, right? I, pl- like. I played lots of Sonic Boom. And, uh, <laughs> I will say though, I will say though, the Sonic Boom cartoon is actually pretty smartly written. It's way better than the game. Yes, I it's will give you very that. Very self-aware and it there there is some good stuff to be had in the cartoon. The game itself is a steaming pile of sonic shit. Yeah, it was yeah, mm, I don't know. And I, that I sucks like, too. I oh, mean, speaking of sonic, of hey, I forgot to put this in the notes. I just remembered this. So, sue me. Those guys that made Sonic Mania formed their own studio, right? Yeah. I forget what it's called. What's yeah, called? I know they had a really weird name. That's why, <laughs> like open even sun star, planet. even star, evening star game studio. Evening, that's exactly what I said. There it is. <laughs> I don't know star. what that means. Like I don't know. Like, like Isn't that um, just the sun? Uh, I don't know. It sounds cool. It, I I I like the name of it, but like I don't. Everyone's kind of um. I don't. I don't know if it means anything for really Sega fans or anything. Like there was this weird, um, they're calling themselves a boutique studio where each team member is allowed to pursue their own goals in making games. 
So I don't know that life. Yeah, like I don't know what that means. So like, are they going to be paying these people like a, a like a a salary just to go and try to make their own games? And like, how, I don't even know how you would go and decide like what games this That's whole studio makes at that point, for, right? What's that? Isn't that what itch.to is for? Where you put up game demos, little little yeah. things, and maybe make five bucks on it. Hmm. That's a shame. I, I I was hoping they were all concerted to like making shiningforce4.com, and then they could pay Rob for the URL. So if you go to shiningforce the number four.com right now, you can subscribe to Patreon. But if they bought that from me, who'd be laughing, huh? Who'd be <laughs> laughing now? <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. That that Sonic Mania is pretty amazing. And you know, I, and I gotta appreciate it even more now, having already laid out Sonic versus Knuckles. I didn't realize how ugly that game was. Um, the sprite work on Sonic versus Knuckles is a serious downgrade from Sonic Two. Uh, oh wait, you mean Sonic and Knuckles? Yeah, Sonic and Knuckles. Okay, I thought you were talking about Sonic Fighters for a second. I was no, really no, sorry. confused. Sorry, Sonic and Knuckles on the Genesis. The sprite work is oddly weird. Like. It doesn't seem to be drawn like it almost looks like they drew it with a pixel brush, like just haphazardly. So compared to Sonic Two, um, I'm, I'm I mean I was streaming while I was laying it out, and I'm like, guys, am I crazy? Does this look fucking weird? Like it it and getting the colors to work on those layouts was a nightmare. Um, so but Sonic Mania is amazing. So I hope those guys. Hmm. Maybe it was even just Christian Whitehead saying, like, I want to make more games, but I don't want to make just Sonic games. Well, I want no. to make money off these games. I don't know. Yeah, he could do Thunder the Werehog or something. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> They could bring back the Werehog. That'd be awesome. Oh, dear. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, because uh, Sonic needs more fur. Right? Speaking of awesome Sonic games. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That one. Yeah, so you guys interested in Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the shitty animation? Yep, I am. Yeah, sorry I'm not more excited about that, but <laughs> you've mentioned Batman every week, so I thought it would be all right, but uh I, I'm still excited for it because I like both of those things and I gotta see it in motion as well. But I uh, hope we see Batman and Casey Jones interacting because that's fucking would be fun. God Casey Jones could fuck his day up. I don't care what anyone says, I would love that. <laughs> If it were animated well, it just doesn't look like it's an- uh, guys. I mean, I'm I'm a I like fun anime, and not that's not to be super crazy high tech anime. Donnie versus Raph was done very cartoony, and it works. It's just I look at this stuff, and it it's just I look at it, and I'm like, man, I don't understand LA animation sometimes. Like I, I don't, and when I say LA animation, it means that it's concept concepted out there in LA. And I'll, like if you look at those Batman cartoons that Warner Bros. puts out, they all look the same. And they're designed that way for production. Here's the problem. They all look the same. You know, and, and I remember back in the 90s, remember the Tick cartoon would look one way and Earthworm Jim would look another. And every cartoon had its own look. Bobby's World had a certain look. DuckTales. I mean, there'd be some consistency with the Disney stuff because it was Disney. Um, this doesn't even look like the Bruce Timm stuff. It just looks, it looks like a cross between the Hanna-Barbera stuff from the 70s and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that, that they had when it was in CGI, just drawn poorly. So yeah, the other the yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not excited. Hmm. Sucks. This is the the episode that Rob shits on everything. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just pushing this episode into angry vision. Right? <laughs> 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 I was saying we should do an episode where we're just mad at stuff. Yeah. But, yeah well, this is it. Yeah, this is yeah. That's how it goes, folks. That's how it goes. Well, if we want to start talking about the polymega, we could definitely do that. But hey, <laughs> what what's next, to the Chris? Nothing. I don't want to go into that right now. <laughs> oh, no. No, I love the polymega. Oh, those guys were so well, nice. Don't go to their forums. Don't look up oh, any forums about yeah, it. Then. People are really mad right now. Really? Oh, well, yeah. So they haven't tweeted. Okay, well, shit. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to do this. <laughs> they, they haven't tweeted anything since like October. And so people are freaking out because they paid them like thousands of dollars to 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 pre-order this console. They haven't tweeted anything since October. And so like today they made their first tweet and it's about some sort of like contest that people can win a Polymega if they come up with some idea for a new Super Nintendo game or some shit like that. And people are freaking out. And they're like, why is this your first tweet in like months that you're announcing a contest for a that we could win a Polymega? Like, why aren't you telling us about this? Like, this is supposed to be released like in April, is it? Like, that's when they're saying that it's supposed to be come out. And like, we're almost a month and a half away or two months away from the, the supposed release of this and this is the first communication that we're getting is that uh, you're announcing a, a, a giveaway like there's a contest so what they responded back with is that coming in march there's going to be a huge update that is going to supposedly give everyone like all this information about what is happening with the polymega and so that's kind of where we're at right now and so all Aren't the backers are freaking out telling there's, us how they were a lot, expert. there's a what? lot more going on than what you just laid out chris but i super don't want to get into it right now because we've already been talking for two hours i don't care hey hey did they <laughs> this, this is easier so didn't they tell us that they were super into marketing though at e3 like yeah remember they also the, told us that they weren't going to go to to like kickstarter or crowdfund yeah. it but yeah. then that's they basically made a crowdfunding site on their own site. Like oh, they basically wow. crowdfunded on their own website. Yeah, um, and they got an angel donator and everything, and it's it's a mess. I don't know. I wanted it wow. to succeed. I was very excited for this overall. I will say this would the, like like us like the three of us. This is something we could have all used in terms of our collection to just have it all housed on one thing. But Scotty, oh I went to E3 talking mad shit about this. Like, I don't want hardware <laughs> because the Ouya, no one can make hardware. I learned my lesson how how hard it is for people to make hardware. Mm-hmm. I, after the Ouya, I'm like, wow, making hardware is fucking hard. That's why it's called hardware. It's hard. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. And so Chris was like, we got to go see the Polymega. Go see the Polymega. And I'm like, man, I don't fucking want to go see this. So we went because Chris always wins. And <laughs> I was like just blown away. Like, wow, this actually really does work. And this is fun to play. And Mar- and, and you're talking to them and they know their shit. And everything was there and it, on the up and up. And I came away telling everyone this is the most impressive. This one and Monster Boy were my picks at the show. Yeah. Yeah. And Monster Boy came out great. And now Polymega is, ah, this hurts. I still, man, like I, 
I'm not, I'm not, my confidence isn't entirely shaken. Like I, I, cause we played it. Like we, it, it was real. Like it was there. Like they had the whole thing. They, they were showing the chipset. Like it was, they were entirely transparent yeah. with what their system was. And, and we played it like this thing is legit. It's real. Like they're, you know, these guys are, these guys are developers. These guys are creators and stuff. So I don't, I don't think that maybe they're the best communicators and obviously it's showing that they're not. Um, yeah, but, they're not because remember we kept bringing up the chameleon, like, Hey, you know, remember the chameleon? Like, Oh <laughs> shit, we don't even want, you know, why is everyone yeah. going to bring that one up? Like because right. vaporware, you know? And so like, I'm, I'm just saying like, maybe they're not so great at communicating and they probably should have hired a, a, PR person or a community manager who could just be that voice throughout Scotty? the whole process. Scotty would what? be great at it. You no. could do it. Oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I'm not entirely, you know, like of the mind that because they haven't been communicating, it means that they're going to take everyone's money and run. Um because we played it and it super it, it worked 100% and I, I came away a believer. So I still think that this is all legit, but I, I maybe they're gonna they're they're behind schedule. I would not be surprised if come March when they announce this um this update or whatever it's going to be, if they say that we're not meeting, we're not gonna be able to meet the the April or May release date for the system it's going to be pushed back to like you know like late 2019 or early 2020 or whatever like i that's that would not surprise me in the least maybe they'll ship with some genesis cases or something oh boy some, some playstation <laughs> long boxes baby <laughs> you, you dick you know you keep mentioning that long box and it's not going to come back you know I, like that's what happens you know how it works I got your long box right here. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so sad to hear that. I, don't, I mean, I was talking shit about the cartoon because it was easy, but I'm genuinely depressed that the Polymega's having trouble. So I hope the, yeah, the main, w- the first problem was when they said they're not doing Kickstarter and then they pretty much opened up a Kickstarter on their website, said they had an angel donor who's supporting a good chunk of change. And then everything, all the tiers and different things you could donate to were basically just like storefront and different themes that would, be on the polymega that you get and uh they also lost uh one of the main guys that was programming for it because i believe what happened was they said we want to have this done at this in this timeline and he said that is impossible that i cannot do that even if you wanted to if i could i would and so he left and i think that might have tailored into the saturn stuff because everybody knows that's a nightmare to emulate for and, and deal with and everything um, and so then they released that video of, and it's going to play Saturn games. Here's Sega rally. And it was actually arcade footage that someone pointed out. So that was a huge debacle of them defending themselves. And there's just been, yeah, it's really been poorly communicated with the timeline of this thing. And the fact that it's two months out and they said on, there's been a ton of defensive tweets and whatever as well today saying, yes, we have a big announcement. This uh, this announcement today was time-sensitive, so we wanted to get it out there. Um, but, hey, big stuff. Maybe we'll drop bigger hints even sooner. And so it's overall been poor communication, them essentially going back on what they said they wouldn't do with certain things, and just radio silence is never good. They should have definitely hired someone for PR because it's saying nothing is worse than 
Well, saying nothing in line is worse than not. Or saying, saying nothing, nothing all, and then showing up with the raffles. No good. Like, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> no one likes the raffle. I'm super bummed about it. Uh, I don't want. I don't. Nobody wants anything to fail. You're never wishing for things to fail. But another big problem with it is that if you've pre-ordered something, like what happens to that money? Because you've given them money already, as opposed to Kickstarter, where that's a whole other story. But yeah, it's a mess. We're gonna see how this plays out pretty soon, though. Hey Rob, I'm just excited that uh, we got we broke Scotty down and we made him talk about it. Uh, I just don't. I don't. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> dash your guys. Concerned hope, about the time but... for this podcast. What secretly you guys don't know is I just won't show up to two more podcasts. So I'll, I'll get the time back somehow. <laughs> 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 hey, as for refunding kicks, so you guys know I did this Kickstarter about. Jeez, uh, it's been a couple years now, and. Um, it was supposed to not go more. Actually, it's been three years. It wasn't supposed to go more than six months, but I overdid the stretch goals for a bunch of prints, right? I I, I, I let everyone kind of goad me into, and this one and that one. And I was like, that's right. I can draw everything. Ha ha. And it took way too long. So I've shipped over half of it, but there's people hanging on, you know, to stretch goals. And so finally, with the game development work I've been doing, I'm like, you know, this could go on another year. I, I can't keep doing this to myself. So I just said, look, I'm refunding the difference because I saved the money. So I was sitting there depreciating. So I had to, you know, there's a little bit of financial depreciation you had to make up for. Um, but I'm like, I just want to refund the difference guys and no one shoot me, you know, like let's just not drag this out. So, and that's done. So that's all done. But like, so people do not, not just say myself, but I've been part of Kickstarter with the, they've refunded, you know? So there, there are not everyone out there's, you know, trying to scam people. Sometimes you over, you know, you over scope, right? Mm-hmm. In this case, it was made. So other than manufacturing and like, okay, emulation certification, like I don't fully, and they seem to only really be sticking with like the ROM stuff at first, right? Like they had a tiered approach. I don't, I don't know, man. It just, hardware is so difficult. That's why when I see a controller for 40 bucks, I'm like, is that real? It seems like unless they're able to produce millions of them, it, it should be 140 bucks. You know, um, it's it's really hard to make stuff like physically make anything. I mean, the magazine, Chris, it, you know, it's tough. You got to get a physical proof and takes time and this way to that way to get it going. To do it right, it certainly takes time. If you're going to cut corners and all that kind of stuff, like there's ways to do that. But if you want to make a quality product, it takes time and it's not cheap. You know, you know, especially if you're doing stuff on like a limited run, you're going to be having to pay a premium, you know, like so if these guys are only, you know, selling, you know, these controllers, if they sell, you know, maybe, you know, less than a thousand or so, you know, units like it's there's no way they're going to, you know, be able to sell these things like I just I just can't imagine that they'd be able to get their their money back. um selling these things for 40s to 50 i don't know how piece. that i don't know how that works but the poly mega it's it, that's just, that that's a shame because that was legitimately a, a we saw those arcade one-ups at e3s2 and i was still not sold on those and those have done pretty well shockingly so although they break like a motherfucker my i went to my buddy's house to play one when i was in san diego and he has a street fighter one and i already he, i couldn't jump diagonally so oh, he's like, geez. yeah, everyone's like replacing their parts with Samwa. And I'm like, then why don't they just fucking make their own arcade cab? I don't understand. Like by the time you get done spending 600 bucks on controller parts, you could have just, I don't know. 
Like, you know, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a shame. Like, what's the point? So, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. I think just to close out with the polymega on my thoughts is everything they've done up to this point uh, is been so dicey that people are wondering, like, will this come out based on what you've already done and said and gone the other way? So that's the main thing. PR, yeah. PR, PR. All right. Do we want to uh, skip this feature discussion and just go right into the outro or? Um. Super Mario Maker 2 seems cool. I have not I don't really have much to say on the Nintendo Direct. Oh, okay. we could talk about it for uh, 10 minutes, right? We can limit just mention it. So. Sure. Let's go in. Okay, so our feature discussion this week is it was a Nintendo Direct today. So, um I think we all got a chance to take a look at it. Um Rob, what were your thoughts on it? No Sega stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's true there's platinum we could super duper loosely consider them Sega. well didn't he just say that there would be announcements oh maybe well they did, yeah, they're doing the... chains of whatever to our astral chain right they're doing astral so chain and they said there's more bayonetta sometime in the oh future. Mm. i yeah, must have missed so. that part sure yeah uh but look here here's the thing right so two two things stood out to me. One, Dragon Quest Eleven, right? Like so, there's a Dragon Quest Eleven Definitive Edition coming to the Switch, and folks, it has the fully orchestrated soundtrack, right? The fully orchestrated soundtrack. It has <laughs> English and Japanese voices, right? You can choose, and during the game, you can switch between the 16-bit modes and the PS4 style graphics or whatever the HD graphics at any time. So, um. The problem yeah. is, it's coming that, out in the fall. So, do you so, really want to wait that long? Yes. So you're going to quit. Time to set aside the money and sell the Ducktales toys. Uh, sell the Duck. What the hell is wrong <laughs> for with them you? for the Dragon Quest fund? I don't think you understand who I am, Scotty. I have never sold shit that I bought to pay for other shit. I don't even return games. Like, like I buy stuff, and that's just the choice I made. You know, so <laughs> I sell my kids to buy video games. So I'm I'm, I'm the complete opposite of that. Have you yeah, tried Detroit Become Human? <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh. Like it, it. Go okay, ahead. Well, you want to talk about Dragon Quest Eleven specifically before I mention the other thing? So, like, I, I just, I, I, I don't understand, like, why they're adding the symphonic sound just to the Switch version. Like, why wouldn't they just update the PlayStation version? And the PC version, like, hey, they're all they all have it now. Like, we made the mistake. Like, why are they just saying, like, yes, we're acknowledging this problem, and we're gonna only update the Switch version? Like, it seems like they're they're kind of just like shitting on all the people that that supported no, the game from the beginning. Hold on, you just said they're shitting on people. No, they haven't mentioned anything to the contrast. You know the Japanese work. They'll announce the definitive whatever edition for the PS4 after this releases. So they're just Nintendo's paying for the exclusive announcement, you know, to their system for now. So it's gonna end up on PS4, bro. Like that that's gonna happen. Uh second of all, there's so little Dragon Quest we get in life that I give them all the exceptions in the book. Because you want to know something, unlike fucking Final Fantasy, they can put out a game in a responsible amount of time like <laughs> like the final fantasy 7 hd mod on pc is out before the final fantasy remake you know mm-hmm. and so so look do i agree with it would i prefer it all be there at launch yeah i do you know that's that's how i would do it but we should remember that the orchestrated version of dragon quest 8 was an english only um uh release when it when it was shipped on ps2 in japan it was still midi 
and then they got the orchestrated here. And then when they re-released the game in Japan, it had orchestrated and the voice work in Japan. So they got double gap. So whatever financials they need to make the diff, I don't care. I was willing to pay $60 just to have an add-on on my PlayStation, my PS4 game at this point. Um, so whatevs, you know, like uh, if you don't have a Switch, it's coming to PS4 at some point, probably six months after the fact or even, what, 30 days after for all we know. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's going to happen. Like that's a that's a given. I think the one thing that may not be on the PlayStation version would be the 16-bit thing because that seems to me like they just took the 3DS version of Dragon Quest 11 and put it into the PS4 version of Dragon Quest. <laughs> like you could flip back and forth. So um, yeah. But that being said, come on, man, don't 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 have a heart, man. Like have some. Let's not end the cast angry and, and disillusioned. It's Dragon Quest, man. It's fucking amazing. Like, I can't <laughs> wait. I will buy 16 copies of this if that's what it takes to keep them pouring over. By the way, they also showed Dragon Quest Builders 2. And I thought what was cool about that game is, uh, beyond the story thing, is they actually added this overworld map that you can, like, it's all pixel-y, like the original Dragon Warrior style overworld map. And you can, like, tag shit and auto-zoom around your map on that game, which is pretty, pretty awesome. It adds a more of an adventure element to that Minecraft style gameplay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I did dabble in a little bit of uh, Dragon Quest Builders, the, the original one that came out on the switch and it was a lot of fun. So I would absolutely be looking to get into uh, the, the second game. You didn't even pay full price, right? You bought the PC version. So, Oh, well, well no, that was uh was the Dragon Quest 11, not builders. Yeah. 11. Sorry, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. sticking to the eleven. Yeah, Chris still isn't sure if he's actually playing Dragon Quest Eleven. By the way, he downloaded that thing. Yeah, I could be playing like uh like some other <laughs> crazy, uh like some sort of weird Japanese hentai game. I would. Does it involve trying to look up someone's skirt if you get them to drop their homework or something? You're not. Like, that's <laughs> that's not in Dragon Quest Eleven. <laughs> it is, but just for the male characters. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess I'm playing Dragon Quest Eleven then. Yeah, I, I can see his toe jam and Earl. Uh, it's horrible. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then the other big announcement was the Link's Awakening remake. Oh, God, Link's Awakening is my favorite Zelda game of all time. Like, uh, you know, it was the first game, Zelda game, to feature fishing. You could fish. Mm-hmm. So it had those mini games. It had the musical element, that the, the, the note that... Marin would play. It had uh you could steal. First time you could steal from a shop. You could run in and steal shit. It had tons of in jokes. Um, but it had a really cool anime opening, which I wonder if the guys over at FTG Entertainment were like losers. You know, we did that shit. <laughs> so <laughs> and the art style of it looks like a diorama. You guys ever remember they did some strategy guy stuff for Mario 64? They did these like dioramas of the the maps on mario 64 yeah no i don't i don't know yeah they were like physical dioramas it looks like that Hmm. yeah no it's it it, so is it just like one-to-one the exact same game but uh in that different graphic style did they say they didn't say anything just showed the trailer so yeah gotcha that's all they need to do the hype is hype is super real now hop on the hype train fellas uh, and it's not on the spirit tracks Or what yeah. I like to call Full Metal Legend of Zelda. Sure. Because it's pretty much Full Metal Alchemist with Legend of Zelda. 
Um, also, what's cool about these games on Nintendo Direct is they're like they're pretty much all shipping now, like this year. Like, yeah, dude. Every yeah. announcement was like spring, summer, uh, March. Oh, hello. Um, I would say another big announcement was what they opened with was Super Mario Maker Two. That's got gonna have a lot of people excited, which is cool. Is that Final Fantasy Nine? Is or is is that a game that people care about? Yeah. Yes. What are you talking Aren't they about? Bringing like I just, all of them. I, I, I never really got into Final Fantasy Nine. I just uh just couldn't do it. I was I I I played eight a little bit. Nine wasn't cool. I played ten and like, but nine just ugh. I don't know. Nine was taking the the everything you loved about one through six or really one through five and making a you know at the time a modern version of that you know uh no man nine is awesome uh the thing is though it's it's the the pc port which had this really sort of generic menus and stuff i'm not the biggest fan of um i'll say this though i mean eventually they're gonna hd up res all those backgrounds on the pc so you know (laughs) you keep saying that yeah, that's gonna happen, dude. It's gonna happen. So the PC, the seven's done. I and they announced seven, seven's done. They'll get eight, nine, and Chrono Cross next. So all that stuff was pretty amazing. I really wish Nintendo would just buy Sega's IP so they could make you know consistent Sonic games that that would come out regularly. I mean, we'd have a Sonic Maker right now. You know that? I would. I would buy the shit out. Probably. Of yeah. I want to play Tetris ninety nine on. Oh, Tetris Battle Royale. Yeah. I don't know yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That Damon or Demon X Machina game looks pretty interesting, I think. Yeah, that, that had like cool. a really I, cool it's, dream I, I, I hope it's it. good. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell how that is gonna be yet. There's a, a demo that they released today for it. So I don't I'll have, have a switch. I'll, I'll have to try that out. <laughs> you don't yeah, have let a us switch. know. No, well there's one in my house, but it's not mine, so nah. Uh, so. Yeah, Platinum's games, Astral Chain. I mean that, that game looks pretty crazy too, right? This is yes. a solid overall, like solid Nintendo Direct. Like, there's lots of stuff coming out, and um, and soon, yeah, yeah, very good stuff. So, yeah, my jaw actually dropped with the Link's Awakening. Did not see that coming. That was that was a cool announcement for sure. That's a, it's surprising on a lot of levels because Nintendo's not really known to just flat out redo a game like that. At least not as often as every other company is right now. And mm-hmm. for it to be one like that as well. What I would love to see happen is for Square to go back and release some of their Final Fantasy Game Boy games <laughs> on because those games were really cool. Like they did a lot of interesting things with those games. They were so different from the 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 console series. I would absolutely love to see them do something with those. I think, I think that's that's like a, a big uh, something that's just been missing from from them from their lineup. I don't think they've ever really re- went and redone them before. Your dog agrees. Yep. Yes, yeah, she does. So the um, um, unless it makes trillions, billions of dollars, Square will see it as a failure. So I don't know that, that those will ever happen. Yeah, it'll sell seven point five million copies and not meet expectations. So. Right. Yep. So. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Uh, what do you guys have going on this week, streaming wise, Scotty? Uh, Twitch is still happening Sunday, Tuesday, Fridays. Um, by the time this comes out, uh, Resident Evil Remake will be continuing on Friday, probably. And, um, the 
Uh, TJ does stuff, retro stuff on Sundays. I've been playing through Panzer Dragoon Saga on Tuesdays. We took a break with Saturn Bomberman, but we'll get back into it. And um, let's see, I'm taking recommendations for what Saturn game to play, play through next. Uh, but those are happening, and you can catch all those if you if you miss them live. You can rewatch them on our YouTube page. Just go to uh, look for Mega Visions on there. Um, and I think that's pretty much. Oh, we're an affiliate, so hop in there and give us bits and stuff, and just come in and chat, and it's a good time. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Rob, I think uh, you're starting to live stream some Mega Visions design, right? Yeah, well, I'm trying to. Uh, so long, what I think I'll probably do is just live stream like an hour of it, you know, and then turn it off and get back to work so I can work at night normal fast speed. Uh, but I am recording um, a bit of these, so I, I'm going to be able to also make uh, some speed videos down the way, you know, once post release. So I got we got some Thunder Force Four coming up layouts to do retro style and the uh, AVP. Uh, I should be able oh, to yeah. as well. And then, yeah, so we'll be streaming those on my Twitch, sketchcraftlive.com takes you right to the Twitch page. So, Very, very cool. Oh, yeah, uh, I never actually tell our Twitch fucking address. It's uh, Megavisions Mag. Please go there. <laughs> very good. Um, and so, yeah, so if you want to subscribe to the, the magazine, uh, go to patreon.com slash megavisions or shiningforce4.com both of those will take you to our patreon page where you can sign up for getting either a physical or digital issue of the magazine also remember to visit www.megavisionsmag.com for all the latest sega news and other content that we aren't publishing in the magazine so for instance we just published a a really in-depth review on alien syndrome the sega ages port for the playstation 2 uh so that was a a really cool interesting port that sega did back in the day and uh be sure to go to the website and read all about it there so interesting stuff so we got lots of stuff going on all across our various platforms whether it's you know like twitch whether it's patreon youtube all these other things We're all over the place. So anyway, uh, just check us all out and we will see you next week. Take it easy. Peace. Sponsored in part by Sega, makers of Genesis, color portable game gear and Sega CD and the fastest, coolest video games ever. Citizens living in the grip of fear. A justice system littered with criminals. The evil underworld of the city infesting the streets. It's time to take out the trash. In Sega's Adventures of Batman and Robin video game, vile villains are bent on trashing Gotham City. Fight through incredible 3D animation as Batman or Robin, or team up against the Joker and other vermin. The Adventures of Batman and Robin. 